Well, greetings, June Squad. It is I, Jay, master of all things nerdy. With me, as always, is my stalwart companion, defender of the nerd faith, Lord Commander of the Nerds Watch, Sir Christopher. Also with us is award-winning author and five-time polka dance champion, Mrs. Jamie Engel. We are continuing our 2018-2019 International Adventure Tour, a year-long journey where we retrace the steps of some of the world's greatest adventurers and treasure hunters. Today, we are recording from the remnants of the Inferno. Dante's or the pizza place? Not exactly, Chris. No, this is the vessel of the most feared pirate ever to sail the seven seas. Captain Hook? Nope. One-Eyed Willie. What are you trying to show me? Not to be confused with the second most uh, feared pirate in the seven seas, uh, Captain Trouser's name. Ugh. Hang on to your doubloons and watch out for booty traps because you are just in time for the Just Us Nerds podcast. In a world where two nerds come together to talk about all things nerdy, Just Us Nerds podcast was born. We talk about comics, movies, and all things in between. Get ready to have your mind blown by the most amazing podcast ever recorded anywhere, ever. The Just Us Nerds Podcast. Aw, yeah. Ah, yes. Gotta love Captain Trousersnake. He is a uh, definite, definite terror. They, they they they, They would be, you know, feared for... Miles around. When yeah. They saw him, when they saw him coming. Yeah. They could see him coming. Yeah, but the problem was is Phrasing. You know, when they when they saw him, he was a lot smaller in person. Bigger than his ego, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he was a dude. Yeah, that's typical. Holy shit, we got another person here. Hey! Hey! How's it going? Good. I thought I smelled like less kind of testosterone <laughs> in, the, in the room. It like doesn't more. smell like a gym in it here. It doesn't smell like a gym in here. I, I, I distinctly smelled the class and, and literature. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> well, um, we're back. <laughs> yeah, we just had this conversation. We're back again. Like tag team. Uh, what you reading, buddy? Um, well, let's let's talk about the uh, DC event that, All right. that we've been uh, uh, discussing. Do- Doomsday, Doomsday Clock. Clock. Let's okay. let's talk about that. Um, have you we're heard about this? Are you familiar with this, Jamie? Only from your podcast. Oh, okay. So, if you remember from the last time we picked off. So Superman and Firestorm were in Russia, and Fire yeah. and Firestorm was trying to uh, was it disarm? Like no, he had turned a bunch of uh, you know he turned a bunch of the Cossacks into glass. Yeah, that was that was by, pretty by, much by it. By he accident. did it by accident, and they wanted to uh, arrest him as a prisoner. And Superman actually came to his aid. And told and him and to he stop. Was, and he was convinced that he could he could undo that it. He, that he could, yeah. He was like, "Give him a little bit of time. We can we can fix this." And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> this giant beam shows Kablamo. up, and everybody thinks Firestorm caused this giant explosion and killed like hundreds of people, and actually injures Superman. So, um, how is that possible? Well, that's what we want to find out. So, uh, the next issue. Um, of course, but written by, of course, the the great Jeff Johns. 
um, inks by Gary Frank, colored by uh, Brad Anderson. I, I love Gary Frank's artwork. Yes. Do you do yourself a favor, Jamie. Look up some of just just do Gary Frank artwork. Yeah. And he's just got a very distinct style. He's, yeah, a, he's a great artist. It's detailed, like. How do we put this? It's serious detail. Like it's not the cartoony bubbly, but it's still um, very beautiful. It, it still kind of has the the like, like for me, like the flashbacks of like the eighties and nineties, you know, style of you know that the the Batman runs. And I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, it. It's not it's not quite the the same kind of realism that you would have of like like say like an Alex Ross. Right, right. But it's uh, but. But it's not as cartoony as, say, like an Ed McGinnis. So right. It's more like a Bob Ross. It's more like a. And then he put the happy little tree. Here, I'll, I'll show you some. <laughs> and let's say Here. Batman has a little tree that's a shark. Oh, wow, okay. See what I mean? Yes. So it's it's. Sh- it's shark. I like it. Yeah. It's it sharp and colorful. Yes. 80s, totally eighties. Yes. Yes. Um, it it's a fantastic story. So this story continues. What, 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 was, your, what was your overall before you get into the nitty gritty? Yeah. What were you, what was your overall feeling about this issue? I you, like you, go, you go first, and then I'll. I'll, I'll tell you what I liked it. You liked it. Okay. I did. I I found um, it was a good explanation. Um, it's not over yet, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, this obviously picks up right where it was, and I love the idea that so basically, the Justice League finds out they did their own investigating of course and batman is unconscious superman's unconscious so everybody goes does their own detective work and finds out that the beam came from mars and dr manhattan has been living on mars so they're like we're going to mars and there's actually like the first image you see is all of these ships and they're just hauling ass to mars and it's like uh the javelin uh one of the the bat wings all, all of the really iconic DC vehicles are, are in this. Um, the green li- one of the Green Lantern ships. I mean, they're they're all just hauling ass to Mars to be able to do it. And um, like, and and what's neat is it, it rem- kind of rem- reminds me like they were to take this for a screenplay because then in each of the ships they show who is in each one. Yeah, the storyboard. I mean, it, it is very much like a movie storyboard. Yeah. the way it's laid out, it it does have a very cinematic feel. To it does, the doesn't story. it? Mm-hmm. So, um, so what year is it supposed to be if they all have these ships capable of going to Mars? Just sorry, that's the technical writing. Um, well, actually, I think he actually says it. Well, th- like like most comic books, like Marvel and DC, it's it's meant to be a contemporary time, but it's sort of a alternate history where okay. there's technology available that that you and I are are not privy to. So right, awesome. right. Okay. So, um, the first thing that Answer we see. Received. Is um, <laughs> did you, did you ever hear of uh, Legion, the Legion of Superheroes? Mm-hmm. You know how they all, all yeah. have their like their rings and stuff like that. Well, um, like Wonder Twins Connect. Are we going there? Uh, were, were they part of it? I, I don't think that they were part <laughs> of the Super Friends. <laughs> yeah, not. So, but the the Legion had like Superboy and Brainiac. I got one right up there. Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of tucked away back. Kind of less lesser known, but. Um, it, it, uh, Legion of Superheroes was basically DC Comics. It was uh, a team of superheroes that existed in the 31st century. Yeah, so they're from the future, and, and then they come back in time. Yeah, the cool. time travel's a big trope in the in the story. And Chris, maybe I missed something, mm-hmm. but the whole the 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 ring plays a little bit. That that Legionnaire ring plays right. a, a little part of it. I, I, this is going to be one of my complaints about this story. Okay, is that it is just steeped in. I feel it's steeped in continuity. 
So I'm sure, like, the, the Dr. Manhattan is referencing events at the beginning of this story. Uh, actually, I just I was going to talk about uh, that. Unless, unless I feel like you are, like— Very familiar. Very extremely familiar with DC history— uh, you're gonna read it and be like, huh? What what is he what is he talking about? So one of the things that did, I actually did you did you research this? Do you know what Manhattan's talking about at the beginning? Yeah, well, okay. I, I mean, obviously the easy part is, um, so he's talking about the dead boy's ring, you know, from from uh, the Legion. But one of my favorite thing is he says, it's July sixteenth, nineteen forty. I, and and I, honestly, every time I read Doctor Manhattan, you, I hear the movie. You, you hear Billy Crudup's I do, voice. I do, and it's. Um, do you hear the organ playing? In the yes, back? yes, yes, I do. Here, go ahead. Did you ever see uh, Watchmen? You seen the movie? Seen okay. okay. So you know what we're talking about. All right, go ahead, do the organ music, and I'll you do it. Tell me what what year is it? Did he say it was? I, go ahead. I'll I'll do the do the organ music. It's July sixteenth, nineteen forty. I move the lantern six inches out from Alan Scott's reach. There is no ring in my hand. There never was a ring. It's December twenty seventh, thirty nineteen. There is nothing but darkness. It's November 3002. There is nothing. March 2984. February 2430. August 2192. May 2030. Nothing. So he's basically... And scene. scene. So, but he's basically like created uh, a butterfly effect. So literally, Alan Scott was dying, and he's reaching for the lantern. The lantern is the only thing that saves him because he was in that train wreck. A- Alan Scott is, is the, the original name of the original Green Lantern. He's blonde. He's he's fantastic. He actually, what's kind of funny to me is his costume has nothing to do green. Yeah, yeah. He has like a red shirt, purple pants, a purple cape. I mean, he's kind awesome. Kind of shows you the mindset of like the writers back then. It's yeah. like, we'll call him the Green Lantern. Uh, but he Th- There's nothing green on, green on that. Doesn't matter. Kids are idiots. They're not going to care. Yeah. Call him the Green Lantern. And he had an impurity in his ring. So like, uh, so let's say you were fighting the Green Lantern, right? And the his Green Lantern, Lantern had impure thoughts. Uh, uh, right, right. But I, I got to uh, talk about this because it's sorry, my I'm favorite thing. For, so me. the Green Lantern. Like, he'd come out, and he's, like, punching people and making these big giant mitts and whatever, and I walk up to him, and I have a baseball bat. Bink! I can hit him in the head, and he can't do anything about it. Uh, it's got to be made out of wood, right? Yes. He has an impurity to wood. So his weakness was wood? Yeah, actually, and you know what's the worst? Crazy. Well, his actually. His was wood. Crazy. Well, yeah. do we want Teller? Go ahead. <laughs> so was it last year or the year before? He is DC's gay superhero. There you go. Yeah, and honestly, like I looked and I was like, is wood. "Really, guys? The writing was on wait, the wall." Really? If if his weakness is wood, doesn't the weakness usually destroy the superhero? So wouldn't he be the least likely person? Well, <laughs> apparently, they're like, "Don't we all get destroyed by things we love just a little bit?" Like it's a twist. <laughs> Carbs. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, Carbs exactly. will end Kentucky all of fried us. Chicken. But anyway, so. Um, he continues to talk about it. He says, a, a week from now, last thing I see is Superman in a rage, his cape torn, his hands stained with blood. I stand on Mars, unable to answer, but the single question, does Superman destroy me? So there was a bomb that went off at, was it Earth? That the, the bomb went off, and he now, uh, Dr. Manhattan, is blind from the future and the past. Uh, so tach- tachyons uh, yes. are uh, cer- certain kind of energies, like nuclear energies. Metachlorians. Uh, Metachlorians. <laughs> disrupt his ability to see through time. So uh, 
Doctor Manhattan's kind of well, you know, you saw the movie has kind of an interesting perspective in he's that he omnipotent. is aware. He's, yeah, he's omniscient. He is he is aware of all times, past, present, and and future. And that that's one thing I like about this story is they've preserved that quality of him is that he's having conversations with people and he says things and they're they're not there. They're, they're like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I'm sorry, I was I'm answering a question five minutes from now. He gets very confused and disoriented. But y- so yes, a bomb uh, yes went off and has disrupted this ability. So now he can't see into the future. Right. So um, then we find Superman. He is uh, in the Hall of Justice. He's uh, in a coma, and he's laying on a hospital bed. Like they, you know, they took care of him before they went to Mars. They made sure he was stable, and then they went. So whatever the blast was, so the blast was actually whatever Doctor Manhattan is made of. And it has the power to stop Superman. That's crazy. So yeah, and it, it's it's pretty insane. And um, well, he was already established in Watchmen as like essentially he, God. I mean, he can. And he's he American. Is, he is the. Pa- <laughs> there is God, and, and he, he is, is American. American. I love that line. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, and, and so he's essentially one of the. I mean, the most powerful beings in the yes. the DC universe. But the thing is, you have this this confrontation that takes place on Mars between all of the DC heroes right. and Dr. Manhattan, and they've never met this guy before. Th- he's just a blue naked guy to them. Right. But you know what I love more than anything is, like, they're all angry and wanting to fight, and he he always, sh- d- he doesn't show emotion. I've only seen him show emotion once, mm-hmm. and that was in Watchmen when his wife, you know, when he found out she had cancer, yeah, he thought that yeah. he was the, the cause of it. Mm-hmm. But in this, they're, they're like, why are you doing this? And he's like, Oh, you know, he's like, well, I, I came here for this, and I don't want violence, and you know, and then all of a sudden, basically, he does a Thanos. He he does. I he mean, he's uh, uh, yeah, and I think the reason he's so calm is like for the same reason that like if you walked into a room and a bunch of ants were just kind of gathered yeah. in a corner, you wouldn't be disturbed or distressed over it. Well, and all. he already knows what's going to happen. And and it's it's interesting how they show him just kind of taking apart. Each of the the people kind of one one by one, yeah. like Guy, Guy Gardner, and just kind of he's curious about. And like he goes into like their childhood, and he does like a bunch of things. Like he goes in their mind and like has. You get the reveal about uh, Ronnie Raymond yes. and how possibly it may be that uh, who is who is Firestorm. So one half of Firestorm, and that that Doctor Klein w- was. Um, well, he sh- he shows him. We don't know if this is true, right? But, and that's but, the thing. But he shows him. That the accident, Stein. I'm sorry, Doctor Stein. Accident that turned both of them into Firestorm was planned and got Doctor Stein inside Ronnie. <laughs> that one for a minute. Amazing. Uh, may not have been uh, an accident after no, all. No, that it might have been planned because he. Uh, you see a picture of uh, Metamorpho, and he looks and he goes, "Well, this is great." He says, "But what better way for me to understand metahumans than to become one?" And so he. He might be manipulated. Th- there's been kind of in this ongoing narrative in this story, and I'm not I'm not quite sure that I that I quite follow it exactly, but it, it seems as though there's been this conspiracy theory. Yes, that has come out the Superman theory. Th- the Superman theory that basically superhumans that were supposedly created by accident were in fact not created by accident, but were deliberately created by the government. Right. And I I, I think I'm I'm always looking for the meta narrative when I'm when I'm reading these stories. Especially a guy like Jeff Johns, music. He's a really good writer, and I, I'm. I think. I mean, I believe that the meta narrative here is about maybe conspiracy theories in general, and just how people can be made to believe something uh, 
Like the earth is flat. Like the earth, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. let's yeah. talk about that. I, exactly. <sighs> so I, I, I kind of feel like that's the meta-narrative here that's that's going on with this story. I don't I don't know, Chris. I, I, let, just, let me just say overall, I, I really want to like Doomsday Clock more than I do. Right. Uh, I, I and maybe it's me. Maybe it's because it's been taking so long to get released. That well, the problem uh, was for me too with this. Like, it took a while. Like, this is the first fight that we've actually seen. And, and I'm and just even the release of the books. The books. I don't know if the. I don't think the book has been running on time. So the whole thing feels like it's kind of slogging along a bit. Uh, so uh, that's that's kind of my complaint about it. I feel like nothing really happens. I mean, yeah, we get a great fight, but right. there's no further development of well, any of the and characters. And what was kind of weird was, like, they were taking some of the Watchmen characters and building them up, and then all of a sudden they went away, like Rorschach. Like, you only see him now, so obviously the original Rorschach is... That was is actually one of my favorite moments in the book. So the way. original Rorschach is dead, and somebody has taken over, and all right, so go ahead and, and talk about that. Well, it's, it's just a brief scene. You only see him in a panel. You see him, and it says, you see what only what you want. You see only what you want. And it's so the the new Rorschach uh, was this this character who was he it's revealed in previous issue that he is actually the son of the psychiatrist that was originally treating Rorschach. Okay, do you remember in the movie how he had a psychiatrist who was yes. treating him, and uh, he he becomes sort of Rorschach because he has this image of who Rorschach was and his he's father's completely wrong. He's completely wrong. He has this whole idea of this relationship of who his father was in with Rorschach in like like he was more of like a like an Alfred to to Rorschach like they were like friends like they were, and like they, they were buddies they worked and, together and, and really no. it was the, the truth was in fact that uh, his father uh, went into spiraled down into a horrible depression because after he met Rorschach he had, he had been this very optimistic psychologist who had always been able to help people and then he meets Rorschach who he guy can't help who he he just was unable to help he was just this abyss of just sadness and yeah. just uh, this a product of just the horrors of humanity. He's killing himself. And, and spar- I, I don't remember if he did. I know his parents get get divorced. Just uh, bad things happen. But bad bad things it happen to him. Sounds very sixth sense ish. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can a- see that. And uh. So what what ends up happening is Doctor Manhattan, very similar to what he does to Firestorm, mm-hmm. takes. Uh, I don't. I don't believe he takes uh, the new Rorschach back in time, but he just kind of explains to him. I think he just touched him basically he, and was like, a, a, "Here, watch this," a, and says, "Yeah, here's the truth. Here, you know, you know, poor. Here's the man I that think you love. His love. name is Reggie. I think the the new Rorschach is his name. Reggie. Reggie. Yeah. I think he says, you know, it wasn't Kofax because you know, Kofax was, you know, poor poor Reggie. You you only see, you know, you only see what you want to see. Yeah. Which of course, I mean, very kind of tongue in cheek. The Rorschach is a test where people look at an ink blot and, and you see they, only what you want to see. They see what they want to see. He just needed a stiff Manhattan. So ah. Ah. Gross. <laughs> All right. So I ha- I have another favorite in right. this. Um. So part of the team that that's fighting. Uh, Dr. Manhattan is Justice League Dark. So it's Dead Man, it's Satana, it's John Constantine, Swamp Thing, all of these things. The magical characters. Right. So they're, they're throwing magic at him, right? And he, he looks at it almost like he's seen snow for the first time. And he's like, you all believe you're wielding magic. And, and they're like, yeah, you got that right. And he says, I must perform a deeper analysis. But I, I see the power you harness, and it's in reality, the scraps of creation. He says, like the random errors in computer code discarded and forgotten, left to be picked up and used by those who also find themselves discarded and forgotten. 
Ma- and he goes, magic. Put some aloe on that burn. And then he, you know, Good. wields their magic, like, in his hands and just throws it back at them. I, I He's like, it feels, he goes, it feels good to still be able to learn. Like, because he, he knows everything, he knows but everything. he didn't. He hasn't dealt with but magic ma- before. Magic didn't exist in the universe where he came from. And, yeah. and that was kind of a nice sort of different conceptualization of what magic is. It, o- it almost sort of reminds me a bit of how, like, in the MCU, how they regard magic. Like, it's not, it's not truly magic, per se. Right. But it's uh, it, it not in the DCU, it's, it's m- or in the MCU, excuse me. Um, it's sort of like the same thing that n- how Manhattan describes it. So that, that right. was, that was I, kind I of a did, neat moment. I did think that was so neat. There's, there's neat moments in it, but I guess the fact that the, the book is getting released, there's so many gaps in yeah. between issues. Yeah. It's like if you were reading a book, but then you got a new chapter every couple of months. Yeah. You know, after a while, the story would start to feel like it was dragging on. Um, I also, I will say one of, one of the bad things that I don't like about this, I feel like a lot of it, is good the continuity it flows well however some things are kind of shoehorned in like there is a um while while superman is is at the the hall of justice and he's laying down and he's you know in there and lois is is on the hospital bed and she's you know um you know just just being by his side all of a sudden the door opens and she looks and you see that oh too familiar white male bald standing over there and Mr. Clean? No. Mr. Like Clean, it's Mr. like Clean. it's Lex Luthor. Oh. And she loses her mind. She says, "Of course, you come when he can't defend himself. You're going to kill him be over my dead body. I will die before you kill him." And he goes, "Oh no." He goes, "I haven't planned to kill him today." He says, "You know, <laughs> and and basically he's like, you know, I want to try to help." He goes, "Because it's my world too." He actually hands her a gun. He literally goes, here, the safety's on, like that. And she goes, uh, she goes, yeah, I know how to use a gun. And she unclicks it, and he goes, oh, smart and beautiful. Okay. Nice. And, but the, 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 or strong and beautiful, that's, that's what, he, what he says. And, but the thing is, like, with that, I just felt that that was kind of unnecessary. Like, I looked, and that I was like. Mo- you didn't like I, that moment? Well, it's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't see any reason for it. I mean, it didn't mi- push the story forward. Right, it had no reason. Like it was see, just fluff. It's interesting. See, I felt kind of differently. I felt like they're they're setting something up. Lex Lex Luthor knows something. He's got a. He's got basically. How does he? How does he know? What does he know? Uh, well, how did he get in? That's what I want to know too. How did he get it? Well, well, he used to be a Justice League member. So if if you haven't been seeing like the comics they didn't and stuff change like that, the, the, the he's lock. he's Iron Lex now. So basically, he's Iron Man. He's. A regular white guy in a Iron Man Superman suit. Well, he he was, but he's not. He did a heel turn, buddy, to use one of your wrestling terms. Yeah, he's a bad guy again. Well, of course he is. I know, but but still, you know that was his thing for a little while, and I, I told you I hated that. So I thought that was a really really dumb move. But like I said, all in all, I'm excited to see how. Th- I think <clears throat> I don't think it's it's got many more issues left. I mean, we're we're coming to the end. I'm gonna do a little research on that, pal, because I want to find out exactly how many more we we got in this. I have a question. Okay. Do you think that the reason it feels hard to read with the gaps between the issues, do you think that's because we are slowly being transitioned into a binging environment? I could see that. I just think it's hard for me to read, so I have to, you know, try to remember things. So do you think that the industry needs to change or but it's going to lose Could you imagine that? Could you? W- that's an interesting idea. Well, like but remember. A, a release of, like, a huge story. Uh, like Oh, just, just pop the graphic novel out. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, Here yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I totally get that, but, like, as a kid, 
You had to wait a month. You waited right. you for your singles. Saturday you Saturday morning cartoons were only on Saturday mornings. Right. Well, like for yeah. comic books, I knew it's planned to be twelve issues. By the way, we're on oh, issue okay. nine, so we got all right. We got a couple yeah. more. But I remember that it was like every. I think it was either every first Friday, so for me it would be every Saturday morning, or every first Saturday morning of the month, I would go to my comic book store because I knew that the new issues would be in and I would be able to go and get them so that way I could keep up with the story. So, Because otherwise, if you missed a month and everybody got everything, you're screwed. Screwed. I, it's an interesting idea, though, and, and you know, just kind of for a moment uh, segueing off of this, the uh, – no joke, the comic book industry, yeah. not the movies, they're, they're, they're not, in trouble. They are in trouble. They're, they're not doing well. They're, they're, I mean, it's really kind of on the verge of, of collapse, and I, I, it really does make me sad because I, I – no, I don't think it will ever truly go away. No, no, I don't uh, – it will always be there. I think it will always survive in some form, but it, it may be that like the days of your local comic book store, you're not going to really see those as much – anymore watch your mouth uh, no, I, I hope not i mean i don't i don't want that you know we, nerds we need a place to congregate and to you know en- enjoy these stories but i'm really uh, afraid that if the industry doesn't do something to change and that they're going to be the train they're going to be the they're going to be the train great all the homeless people are going to go on there and mm. pee on the seats it's true you better bring paper towels or newspapers <clears throat> I don't well, want no, them peeing in newspapers anymore either no, so. i don't want no. them peeing in my comic book store i have to yeah <laughs> So, but that, that, that is an interesting idea. I mean, they're, they're, the industry is definitely going to have to change. I think part of that evolution has been going to digital. I mean, as much as that oh, might yeah. upset you know, some of the, the more traditionalists out there. Well, but, but, but here's the thing, though. See, like for me, I don't think like the newer series and stuff like that, I haven't been buying singles as much. You know, typically I'm like, all right, I'll wait for the graphic novel or I'll read it digitally. Yeah, my husband does the exact same thing. But like for me, though, like now – the only thing that I'm collecting I- are my back issues and, you know, like like collector's items. That's I, pretty much it in the comic book world. I, I feel, though, maybe one thing that will always keep the single issues going is that if you – all right, so let's say you picked up a book. Yeah, book. And you bought the whole book. Book. And then you read one chapter. Book. And then you'd like, all right, I'm not sure if I like this. And then you read the second chapter and you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure I, I'm not feeling this story. And you wasted – Twelve dollars exactly. Whereas with a comic book, if you start reading a you know just one issue, it's and normally about what and ten pages. Yeah, and if you if you don't like the way that the story is going, you can you can bail out. So I feel like that that will always be there. But it's an interesting no idea. no I, yeah I agree with the, you there. The binge watching, uh, well, we are such an instant gratification yeah, society. And, you know, authors invented binging because we release all the chapters at once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you did. You nice guys job. are the OGs. Nice job. <laughs> nice job. Okay. Um, all right, anything else we want to say about uh, 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 Doomsday Clock, or you want to move on to I'm excited f- for the end of it, like I said. Uh, I'm, I'm going to continue reading it. Uh, I, I, I am, too. I want to see where it goes. I want to see how they pull it see, all together. that is the other thing, too. So comic book fans, they'll be like, I'm not really liking it right now, but I'm going to give them more money because I want to see. Right. I want to see how it ends, you know. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, you know, it's. Deirdrick Bader. Do you know who he is? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Deirdrick Bader, he was on the Drew Carey show. Uh, He played Oswald. He's Batman. He's also Batman, the voice of Batman on the Brave and the Bold. Very talented. Uh, and and I, I mentioned him because what I'm going to invoke right now is something that he actually said, so I don't want to take credit for it. Is it from Drew Carey? What? Is it from Drew Carey? No, no, it's not fr- from Drew Carey. No, it was actually an interview. I think it was oh. uh, Kevin – he might have been being interviewed by Kevin Smith uh, possibly okay. when he said this. 
And he said, and I thought it was an interesting idea, that human beings, uh, you know, from our earliest days, we were hunters. And so he thinks that kind of our the way that we consume stories is the same way that kind of we hunt, that you follow tracks and you're anticipating your prey to go in a certain direction and we're anticipating a certain action to happen. And so I think for a lot of us with reading a story like through chapters, it's kind of the same thing. It's like we're we're following a prey. We're tracking something. And that's why also when we really don't like a book, that again, this is not my idea. It's Deirdrick Bader's, but I, I kind of think it's an interesting one. Whenever you watch a movie or you – Not as good as the book. That you don't like – well, no, I was going to say book or movie. Whenever you've been really disappointed, one reason may be it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go or the way that it should go. Hmm. And kind of that, that – In your opinion, in of your, course. In your opinion. Um, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Deeply, People are deeply uh, divided over that movie. Yuck. Some people uh, hate it. Yuck. Some, some people hate it. Some people love it. But I think for those – and some people, like me, I was kind of in the middle when, when I saw it. But you know what did it for me? I told you. What? One line and one line only – did it for me, and I looked, and I was like, done. I threw my hands up. I was like, I don't know if I could sit through this anymore. And you want to know what it was? So at the end battle scene, and there's this giant trench, and all these guys are in the trench, right? Right. And they're ready to go, and they're scared, and they're looking, and the one guy, he looks down at the crust that's on the ground, and he touches it, and he licks it, and he goes, salt. And I look at him, and I go, what if that wasn't salt? <laughs> what if that was chlorine? That was what if that was cyanide? So that, that was what would have happened, you moron? Chris was like, all right, fuck this movie. That was That's it. I'm drawing the line. I was like, God that, damn it. That and the weird blue milking of the animals so Luke could have but, something to drink kind of bothered I, me. I think. I think oh, yeah. And, oh, and I forgot. Yes. The whole Ray thing. I, I love this. So. Uh, somebody did this, uh, uh, like a scale, uh-huh. and it has Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he was like, you know, 35 years of training to finally become a Jedi Master. And then uh, Anakin was, you know, uh, he was the fastest Jedi, uh-huh. and it was like 10 years, you know, and then all of a sudden there's Luke, and it's like, you know, uh, 15 years, you know, to become, you know, a solo uh-huh. Jedi Master. And then there's Rey, and she's like, what's this glowing stick? <laughs> Uh, that that See, pisses a lot of people so, off. So I, I th- and since we do, we know, even want to talk about Rose? I, I know we do we want to talk about Rose? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that movie pissed me off. Like they shoehorned her in there for no goddamn reason, and she ruined one of the best romances there. <laughs> she did. Which she did. You're, you're talking about uh, Finn and Finn uh, and Ray. And Finn and Ray, yeah. She ruined it. All of a sudden, Rose is there, and she's like, "Hi, I'm a shitty mechanic, but I'm I'm here. I guess this is this is my job. This so is what I do. Anyone wants space food?" And I'm like, "Please, somebody stab her, so kill her now." Where's Jar Jar? Yeah, so she's the Jar Jar of that movie. So, so an argument could be made that for those of you that really hate, you know, hate this movie, one reason for that is it didn't go the way that you were expecting it to go, and, and that's not true for all. I then this is me now. This is not Deirdre Bader. This is me. That's not true for all things, obviously. I mean, no, some I movies agree. are just shitty movies, but but some killer clowns from outer space. When a when a movie, that's a good movie. It's a when shitty movie. It's a good classic. It's a good shitty movie. This is something that's interesting. I heard critters again. Yeah. Good shitty movie. Yeah. There's there are Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. There are good s- shitty movie. There are smart movies and there are dumb movies. And you can, they can both be good. You can have a good smart movie and you can have right. a good dumb well, movie. Well, because they follow different rules. Yeah. Yes. You know when you're sitting down to wa- watch Sharknado, 
is going to be dumb. You know what's funny? You're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? I've never seen any of those movies. Oh, just don't. Well, that's the thing. That's why I said I was like, I don't really want to. Don't really want to do that. The first one was amazing, but yeah, it it followed the pattern. Gotcha. So segueing kind of, uh, you know, since we're onto the sci-fi anyway, another thing that I've been reading, yes, uh, that I reached the conclusion of was the William Gibson Alien. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Adapted by Johnny Christmas. Oh yeah. That is. Oh, I remember that from the last. We're, podcast. we're such I an love that's that the is, best name that is ever. The best name, right? Do, you want to be Johnny Christmas I now, do. don't you? He's well, like wait a minute. Wasn't right? there somebody else? There was somebody else in the book that we were talking. You, yes. you were telling me the names, and I was looking, and I was like, no goddamn way. Bond villain. Yeah, they're both Bond villains. Tamara Bond villain. Yeah, yeah that's her name. Good evening, Mr. Bond. My name is. My name is Christmas, John Christmas, you know, <laughs> and actually Christmas is an expendable. So um, that was Jason Statham's right? character. So I'm, I'm J- Lee Christmas was his they, name. They I'm have the, they, they have. The, I mean, who knew when they were writing this comic book that one of the best things about it would just be just put your name on it, dude. It's like, that's it. Just you, put that your that's sold right there. But anyway, yeah. So you, you so you're familiar then. So the comic book is Aliens. The well, original what, script? Wh- no, what they did was that it was the uh, the follow up to Aliens, so Alien Three. This was an unused script. Oh, by that's William, right. That's by right. By they, William they Gibson. Yeah. Flipped around. And and so it takes the story in a completely different direction than the original a- David Finch's Alien Three. So there no, are aliens. No prison planet. Um, you know, Hicks, Newt, Bishop. They're all they're all alive. And actually, what's uh, in a, a cat. A really different. No, the cat. The, dude, again with the cat. It's the ca- a, hey. Jones wasn't there. Why do you love this cat? He was fucking evil. <laughs> he let he let all those people. Th- he just sat there. Do you know why? He just sat there and and let you know. Do you uh, know why I love this cat? Why do you love the cat? Be- because Ripley loved that cat enough to where it was the cat and a little girl. Everybody else can fucking die. And I don't know. Am why, I wrong? Because that cat let people get you killed. Are correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm but just saying. He. Yeah. Uh, so th- this its story follows a completely different direction, and w- it was it was kind of a cool premise. Again, we're talking about meta narrative there. It was using the alien sort of as a metaphor for nuclear weapons. You had these these two factions. You had the Wayland Utani Corp, and then you had like I don't know the People's Republic of Planet Shithole or something like that. Bill's Discount Market, and and they were they were like the the CCP. They were like the you know the United Federation of Planets. Duh, yes, good Russia. Yeah. Yes, they were. This was like the 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 social the communist socialist counterpart to the capitalist Wayland Yutani. So I thought it was kind of an interesting meta narrative. I have to say, I was I was a little disappointed with the final issue. Oh, yeah, because he was he was so hyped, awesome. and he was like, "Oh my god, this is good!" And you got me really excited, me and I downloaded too. them all, and I was gonna read them. And yeah, I was. I mean, you should still read it. Make up your own mind. I mean, it's and not here's the thing: typically, he is like, you know. Um, He's he's Mr. Hope. I liked it. Not everybody liked it. I liked it. If he was a, if he was a Green Lantern, he wouldn't be a Green Lantern. He'd be a Blue Lantern. Blue Lantern. You'd be Mr. Hope. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I was a little disappointed with it. I, I think what was missing, honestly, in the story, and it's not even so much the final issue. I think aliens. Kind of the whole issue. No, there were aliens. Oh, in okay. It. No, I mean, I, well, let's start positive. You said I'm Mr. Hope, Mr. Positive. Let's start positive. Why let's don't you tell me the negative first, so that we can end on a good note? You want to end on a good note? What do you think? Okay. Do the yes. open. We're gonna do the open right. face shit sandwich. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So I mean, th- I guess for the whole story, what I didn't like about it was there was n- it, there didn't feel like there was anything personal. 
there were no personal stakes involved. Uh, one of the things that made Aliens, I think, kind of a great movie is, I mean, not just, uh, of course, you had Hudson, you had the Sarge, you had these really great characters, but they they introduced them. You don't spend a whole lot of time with them, if you think about it. You, you, no, you, spend, you really don't. You don't, but you feel like a sense of loss when they die, like they become endeared to you. Right. And even more so in, in Aliens, you have the whole story, the narrative of Ripley and the whole mother-daughter dynamic between the, the two of them. Right. And if you watch the extended version, you see – have you ever watched the extended version of Aliens? I didn't even Aliens? know there was an extended there's, version. There's an extended version uh, that has some cut scenes, and in one of the cut scenes, you learn that Ripley had a daughter. Oh. Rip Ripley had a daughter before she left right. on her original mission for Aliens. She left her daughter uh, on her 11th birthday. Well, you rem if you remember Aliens, she was out in space for years and years. When she comes back, her daughter's been dead for five years. Her daughter died an old woman. Right. So because that because of the way that, that hyperspace and everything like that and then putting in the cryogenic chambers and, you know, with so the hypersleep. It's like one more, like, dagger in the side. It's like she's been through this horrible No wonder, ordeal. like, you know, it's funny. Aliens. Yeah. When she becomes kind of like – linked with the queen and remember when they, yeah. they kind of did that kind of thing no wonder right that's the only constant thing she's had in her life yeah 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 that's yeah true. absolutely because everybody but that goes with her dies and like well you guys but, are pretty but good in but in aliens i mean that's why you have it made it all the more poignant this connection between ripley and newt because newt had lost her parents ripley had lost a daughter right, exactly and you have these two kind of two lost people that sort of find each other and it's Aww. those moments. I mean, Jamie, as a writer, I mean, you can I'm sure you can attest to this, that it's it's the human elements. That's what even in the most fantastic story about Clifton Chase and and uh, just, an, you know, just to throw out a just name, a, just, you know, you know, any old book, you know, yeah, any, any old book, you know, Clifton any Chase old the book. arrow of light or, or maybe even say, a, you know, maybe Dreadlands, for, for example. But any, uh, you know, any any story like that. It's not so much the fantastic beasts that really get you to connect with the story. It's the human element. Yeah. So that I think The Walking Dead is the best example of that. See, it's okay. Not that. My my it's thing is like with the, the human element, that's kind of your your buy-in. Yes. Like you're like, "Oh, like being immersed in a world, but you're totally right." And and I think honestly is Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is the same exact way because and the only problem with that is you've obviously watched Game of Thrones, yes? I've watched, like, the first one. And okay. I've, I've watched, like, a couple hundred. But okay. I, I know what you're going to say. All right. So, but the thing is, is, you know, every character that you love, you're like, oh, my God, I really love this. Oh, fuck, they're dead. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I really like the Oh, fuck, they're dead. And and it just, it just, ha there's actually, uh, somebody has a poster of the Game of Thrones emotional wheel. And it's like, oh, I really like this person. Oh, my God, this is really – oh, fuck, they're dead. I fucking hate this show. I never want to watch it again. Ooh, I like this person. Oh, there they go. Oh, fuck, they're dead. I fucking hate this show. I'm never watching this again. Ooh, there's another one. You know, that bears an oddly strange resemblance to the domestic violence cycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like J.R.R. Martin. Like, he just, like, suckers us in. It's like, sweetheart, no, I'll never do it to you again. I love it's okay. You. Here, I love you. Bam. Here, here. Bam. Bam. Right in the kisser. Right to the moon. <laughs> so – but so, yes. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I felt this story was missing was uh, that that personal that th those personal stakes that personal connection. I mean, there's lots of things happening, and there's kind of there's cool there's kinda, there's things like as a sci-fi geek, I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. And and now that it's it's been out, um, and now that it's been out, now uh, we're you know in the the final issue. I can do some spoilers. 
Uh, you kind of get. Do you mind if I do spoilers? Do it. No. no you, I'm gonna. Re- I want to read it. Okay. I want to so read it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't, do it. <laughs> don't do it. Hold on. Do you want me to turn my mic off? No, too? no, just, no, no, just no. That's right. They, they, they. I'll put on music. W- when you read it, if you're familiar with like the aliens movie, so if you've watched Alien Resurrection, if you've watched Prometheus, uh, E.T. When, when you, see <laughs> I don't know, maybe E.T. You're and you read this comic, you're gonna see how maybe like those guys who made those movies. Maybe they got a hold of the script, and maybe they got some ideas yeah. from the e. script. Because yes, from E.T. Okay. Yes. The, the right. xenomorph at one point takes a speaking spell and makes, <laughs> makes phones home to the alien queen. Well, mother. you know, it not for scary. nothing, we don't know how E.T.'s born. It could be an egg. It could be a giant egg. Maybe that little fucker hatched out of someone's chest. You I mean don't know. John Hurt's chest? Hello, That's my right. darling. Hello, my baby. B- <laughs> by the way. <laughs> check, please. Check, please. <laughs> what did he have? I think the he had special. this. I ordered That's this. That's what so speaking of that, by the way, I don't I don't know if you know, um, when in that part of the movie, only John Hurt and the crew knew what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So nobody else knew. Oh they literally the scene just called for them to eat dinner. Right. And they were just saying their lines and everything like that. And all of a sudden, you actually look at the at the crew, and when John Hurt's like, oh, I don't feel so good, and they're looking, they're like, Oh God. This isn't in the script. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then he lays on the ground, and all of a sudden, boom, and the shit blows out of his chest. You actually see Sigourney Weaver, like, lose her mind, and that's actually 100% oh, accurate. I'm totally watching he it again. Yeah. He did it on purpose because he did not want – that's like – Hitchcock um, did that. Yeah. Well, you remember Hitchcock did Janet Lee, Psycho. Yep. And the, he turned the water all, the, all of a sudden to get an honest reaction. Yes, the hot – was it hot or was it, it cold? It might have been cold because I don't think he wanted to. <laughs> I don't think he wanted to scald his actress. By the way, speaking <laughs> of which, do you know what Alfred Hitchcock used for blood? Yes. I love this. Did you know this? What I is it? it? Chocolate syrup. Yeah. Hershey's chocolate syrup. I, I thought that was the that greatest was thing ever. But anyway, so like with aliens, um, yeah, that's that's one hundred percent, and and that happens in like a lot of horror movies too, like. Um, Johnny Depp and all of them, like who did Nightmare Before Elm Street, they never saw Freddy Krueger until. It was that time for them to die in the That's movie. Smart. I, I I love that too when the actor who's playing the killer in the movies kind of stays in character during the the whole filming yeah. doesn't doesn't mix with the rest of the crew. Okay, but I can actually kill someone on set. Absolutely. Yes. How, how do I say this? Yes and no. Yes and no. So like Jack Nicholson when he did The Shining and stuff like that, I find that really interesting. However. Jared Leto, when he was the Joker, remember he did that stupid shit in Suicide Squad? Like, he sent Harley Quinn a pet rat. He sent dead shot bullets or something. Yeah, and I'm right. looking at it, and I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, I just, I, I didn't like that. See, I take the other perspective. I feel kind of bad for him because he's that, you know, he's one of those method actors. He spent all that time and investment. And it did nothing. And, well, and they only ended up using, like, 15, like not yeah. even 15, like maybe five minutes yeah. of the footage. He's like, you know, Jared Leto's like, dude, I literally killed someone to prepare for this role. And you know what's funny? Where's my screen time? And uh, there's I'm wanted in five states, motherfucker. And you know what I loved? That there is only one scene with Jared Leto in it in that movie that I like. What's that? Where he is in the helicopter and he's wearing the white tuxedo yeah, from yeah. the Alex Ross picture yeah, and he's got his yeah. hair slicked back right, and he right. finally looks like the goddamn Joker. Right, right. Everything else, shite. You you loved all 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 thirty seconds of it. I like that because that's about how long. There it are was. only two scenes really in that movie. There's one scene that I laugh at 
the first time I saw it. I'll never watch that movie again, but I laughed really hard at it. But I'll tell you that one third. So I love the Joker scene. Mm-hmm. I actually really, really like the dead shot Batman scene okay. where Batman takes him into custody with his kid. I thought that was really cool. But the one that I always laugh at is Enchantress when she finally becomes this demon witch and she starts doing the Shakira wiggle and she bow, 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 bow. And I'm looking, I was like, and I'm looking at, like, I leaned, I leaned over to Spider-Gen. I look at him like, what the fuck is wrong with her? And she goes, I don't, I don't know. Her hips don't lie, but I don't, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Yeah, see, look at this shit. All right. Was that more Shakira or more kind of Barry Gibb? I felt like I was going more kind of a Barry Barry Gibb there. We're not in movie talk, although God knows we probably should be. Why why don't we head there? Well, we can't leave aliens until we announce (laughs) the news. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this will be our little last piece. Go ahead, buddy. That uh, newest Disney princess. Is the xenomorph? You want to? No, Jamie, you got to break the news. It's the alien, guys. She's a Disney princess. The mother of all aliens has officially been named a Disney princess. Do you know what I literally see her with, though? When I see it, I look at her, and then I see, like, the, the uh, Princess Peach little little crown. Yes. Just put a little, yes, little, totally. a little, little, little crown, crown on her head. And, 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 of, and of course. I'm going to eat you with my tiny mouth. Get back in there. She's just saying, and it'll be like, Of course. Of course, we are referring to the fact that Disney took one step closer to being uh, oh, no. the o- uh, overlord yes. of the entire world. It got another soul gem. It, it, it got another soul gem. It got, it got another gem in Dis- its infinity. Disney acquired Fox. Coming Fox is owned soon. by Aliens. Aliens the musical. Uh, the, but, the, the, oh, all right. Got it. So with that, let's go into movie talk. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour... You're gonna see some serious shit. This episode was badly written! Joey, you like movies about gladiators? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Someday she just can't get rid of a bomb. All right. I was meaning to ask you about this because you invoked Suicide Squad. Yes. Uh, but I wanted to know how do you feel about this? The new the, the the James news, Gunn. The James Gunn news. We got to talk so, about the James Gunn news. You obviously heard James Gunn was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy. I did. I DC grabbed him. He yes. is writing the new Suicide Squad. Yes. However, but wait, there's more. Marvel hired him back. Yeah. He's doing Guardians of the Galaxy three. Thank God. But this is the best part. I was so excited because. He's still doing Suicide Squad. Oh, good. So he's going to work for both. He's like, that's like working for McDonald's and Burger King. How is he doing that? But the thing is, he's already contractually obligated to do uh, Suicide Squad, so he's going to do it. And then he's going to do Guardians. So Guardians 3 is going to be a little while before that gets done. But to be honest with you, I'm a little Guardianed out. Like I said, once they did this method, personally... Guardians 2 was a good movie, but it was not my favorite. I, I thought Guardians 2 was a giant two-hour family therapy session. <laughs> That's really what it was. Well, Chris, maybe that has to do a little something. Maybe you want to tell got us some, about this, You got Chris? something going on, buddy? Hey. How do you feel? Hey, what? why am I in the corner here? Go play just with the dollhouse. Chris, just remember that everybody here is your friend. I know, but We're why am I? We're not judging you. We're not judging you. We're in just a, hey, in a judgment sort of way. I would just like to say, though, that if Kurt Russell was my dad, it would have been pretty awesome. 
I would have went with him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking. Just saying. You would have destroyed half the universe. Goddamn. Well, yeah, I would have snapped my fingers like that. <laughs> oh, wait, th- you're thinking of the other guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. So, yeah, we are not only not only is, yeah, we're getting a Suicide Squad 2 movie directed by James Gunn. We are getting and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 also directed by but, James Gunn. But, by the way, this is even better part. Only really one person from the Suicide Squad from the first movie is coming back. Right. Yeah. Who? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. That's it. I, th- I Why? think I think Jai Courtney might be coming back too. Uh, Did you not like him? See, I th- as Croc? No, Jai Courtney was uh, oh, as Captain Boomerang. Uh, Captain Bo- See, I, I didn't mind that. I thought the unicorn thing was really fucking stupid though because they tried to make him Deadpool. Oh, yeah, totally. But, um, but oh, mention the news about Deadshot. The actor who's replacing oh. Deadshot. Oh, my God. Did you I've, hear this? Okay, no. so Will Smith. Oh, my God. I heard nothing. I know Will so Smith's out. Will Smith is out because he's got other things to do. They're doing Bad Boys 3. They're doing all that. Now, um, the person who is taking his place, he's recently died in the Marvel Universe. You're probably not going to. I'm not going to lie. You ready? You want to take a guess? Yeah. Give me a guess. Well, Wait, so something I think is Luke Cage, but I'm totally probably. You know what? That wouldn't have been terrible, but no, Idris Elba. <gasps> yeah. Right. I yeah. Love him. Oh, right. Awesome. But think about amazing? him yeah. as 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 Deadshot. I mean, yes. he's he's going to be amazing. He's such a good. Sc- he's got such a great screen. When presence. people look at you to be James Bond. Yeah. I'm down. By the way, uh, little little rumor reference that I've just recently heard. So. They're not really too sure what's going on with with Henry Cavill. Oh, okay, yeah. That if he's going to continue as Superman, um, but rumor has it he could be playing another very iconic character. Really? Yeah. He's being the lo- Robin. He's being looked not not for DC. <laughs> That'd not be a little weird. Right? Yeah, that's a big old Robin. Wow. But no, not not for DC. Not even in comic books, but actually in literature. Harry Potter. Yes, he's gonna be a big hairy <laughs> Harry <Okay>. Potter. <laughs> no, you ready? Phrasing. Yeah, he's. Go- they're looking at him to p- probably play the next James Bond. Oh. oh, you know what? He and he was kind of in the running before Superman. Yes. Yeah. So, from if if you if you have any doubts, if you have any doubts at all, watch the Man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. He in that he's in a suit every time he's fighting. I he's mean, hot plus is. yes, and in Mission Impossible, the most recent Mission Impossible, right, right. that movie that ruined Justice League. <laughs> you know that, right? We, we can agree to disagree on that one, buddy. It ruined Justice League with this with his mustache that he could not shave because he was contractually obligated to wear it because it was in Mission you Impossible while he was filming it. Henry Cavill's entire face before Justice League that would not have saved that movie. But Agreed, but still, it did not help. But anyway. Um, he fights in that, and he does a fantastic job. And so they were talking about him. And another person they were talking about, the other one I looked did, at. Did you like Fallout? As long as, I mean, we're doing movie talk. Did you see Mission Impossible? I have Fallout? not seen yes. it yet. You saw it? Yes. What did you I, think of I it? I liked, I like all, it's, it fits the credo. I mean, it's over the top. It's, you know, always a little too much, but it's always exciting. And you, you leave entertained. Okay. I always expect to be entertained. See, I did I hate to say this, but I, I, I didn't care for it too much. I mean, I, I, there were moments I liked about it. It felt a little long to me. I felt like the movie could have ah. been just a little shorter, and I, I felt like I didn't. I, it, Did you get anything out of it? I mean, it, 
Definitely. I mean, I agree with Jamie. It, it was certainly very entertaining to watch. It's a, it's a good spectacle. I found the villain's motivation a bit convoluted. I it think you, you are looking too deep into that type of a film. I yeah, it's kind of like it's one of those Fast and the Furious. It's one of those dumb movies yeah. that I'm trying to yeah. look at as a smart you're, movie. You're not, you're not trying to get Shakespeare out of, you know, Andrew Dice Clay. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, so, All right. so uh, James Gunn news is out of the way. We got some trailers that we got to talk about. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that, and then let's get to these. Oh, I'm oh, so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you wait. You are. I'm so excited. I don't even know why, but I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> the, so, we got the Joker trailer released oh. this oh week. God, so, so impressions. Jamie, go. I love Joaquin Phoenix, and I was so sad when he stopped acting and started singing. Although, Mr. Phoenix, you may be an amazing musician. By the way, that was all fake. Oh, was it? That was that was a, a mockumentary. Phoenix, it was. Please come back to us. Yeah, it was but a mockumentary. I missed him. I love him. I just think he is one of the most brilliant actors out yeah. there. And to can be the Joker, like it's perfect for him. Can you believe he's in a comic book movie? Yeah. No. What a, what a crazy but time. Yeah, but I can't. I don't. But know. now it's so popular that yeah. everybody wants to be in a comic book movie. Yeah. Did you get like because I, I I we were talking about this before the show, but did you get? Kind of, I, I felt like real shades of like Taxi Driver watching this yeah, and this trailer. He was the same type of like crazy maniacal human in Gladiator. Like he yes. was messed up in Gladiator. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes yeah. he was. Yeah, he's good for that. You, he, he really conveys this this sort of like Sad. a man who well, I, and I see kind of like rage. That's just being contained He's snap. He's under a mask, yes. like this mask of like happiness. So, that and what's the song that they play during the trailer? Oh, I don't remember. It's smile. Put, put on, sp yeah, yes. smile. That's right. So the thing that I, I, I I'm going to steal this from Jack Nicholson. Um, you guys have seen Anger Management, yeah? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember, there's two types of people. <laughs> there's the person who yells and screams because they don't accept their coupon. And then there's the second person, the cashier, who's going to stand there and smile until he's going to lose his mind and ends up shooting the place. You're the cashier. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm the guy in the frozen food calling 911 freaking out. May, may I just say, first of all, that was an amazing Jack Nicholson yeah, I try. I try. Thank but you. But when I was watching you, you were doing simultaneously two impressions. <laughs> you were you your voice said Jack Nicholson. Your face said Robert De Niro. Yeah, either so way. You look like Robert De Niro. You were making the, impre the the expressions of Robert De Niro. Now De Niro's more of a longer face. Do so <laughs> Jack Jack's always got this look and he's gotta wear his sunglasses. De Niro his face like he stretches out. Like it's That's real why we need video. You know, he's got that real long we need, face. We need video. You know. Um I I wanna say that. Uh oh! Popular opinion. Here it comes. People don't like my opinions. Oh! About the Joker. Not true. What do you mean? I didn't like Heath Ledger. Boo! I didn't like it. Why? I. It's a different take. It's not the Joker that I was used to. Not the Joker that I, you know, that like I, that like I grew I said, up it's with. It's the hunt, man. It's so not where it's not where his prey. Where so like for me, I I like Jack Nicholson, but I also it's you know Mark Mark Hamill was you know just mm -hmm. even though he didn't. Act. I mean, it, just the way that it fit. And for me, I did not like his voice. Um, and personally, and, and and I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I personally believe that Put it out there, that the only reason he won his Oscar is because he died. So they didn't have anything to him. Had had he survived, 
he wouldn't have won that Oscar. He would not have oh, won. Oh, buddy. We, we'll just have to agree to disagree so, on but, that one. But seeing this, yes. I only have one bitch, and it's not even that big. Okay. It's I, a little bitch? Little bitch. Right. It is. It is. It is. He doesn't have a big. Bitch. Can I? Can I use the word midget? Is midget okay? Yeah, sure. It's a midget I mean, bitch. Have you guys listened to this show? <laughs> All right, yeah, it's true. Believe, yeah, I believe if they prefer to be called little people bitch. All right, so it's a little people bitch, and really what that is is, um, I'm I'm hoping that his makeup gets closer to the comic book accurate makeup. I like this makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy there's no stupid fucking scars, but, um. I like the idea that, you know, this was the makeup that he actually went to, like, he was actually a fucking clown, which I thought was kind of cool. Do you, do you know what it reminds me of? And I know you're probably going to think the same thing. John Wayne Gacy. Oh, oh, my God. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That is Pogo the Clown. Do you, do you know who John Wayne Gacy? So John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer. He killed uh, probably 25 to 30 males. And actually, he was a prominent men- member of society. He was a member of the uh, local union, he was a member of, um, you know, a bunch of boys clubs and stuff like that, and what he would do, was, and he also dressed up like a clown for the child's, pr- I'll show you, I'll show you a picture, but John Wayne Gacy Creepy would dude. lure people and lure men into his house, like he was a bigger guy, so he used to portray himself as like a bodybuilder, and he was like, oh yeah, I can train you, and he'd bring them to the house and then drop weights like a bar on their neck and kill them, and then sexually molest them, rape them, and then murder them, and then bury them under the house. So... But John Wayne Gacy, the Pogo the Clown, is very infamous. Actually, kind of creepy thing. I don't know if you knew this afterwards. John Wayne Gacy was an artist, and he would do a lot of paintings. Mm-hmm. And some, of, and a lot of the paintings that he would do, he would do the Seven Dwarves. But one of the paintings that he has of the Seven Dwarves, you don't see their faces. It's just the backs of them walking away. And somebody like interviewed him or something like that, and they were talking about it. They were like, why do you have them walking away? And he goes, well, that's me, and those are the guys that I'm leading away. Like that, and it's you know. So if you yeah. ever need to stay up at night, you yeah. know, if you if you're not a fan of sleep, just read about John Wayne Gacy. But when you or uh, I'll, just I'll show you a picture. if you Google, yeah, if you I'll Google an image it. of Pogo the Clown, yeah, and you then compare that with Joaquin Phoenix's makeup, the way they're doing. Oh my God, one hundred percent Joker. It's very evocative of that, um, and you know, I'm not entirely sure how I right? feel mm. about that. Blinks you know. Out. Um, in a way, I mean, it is sort of. They're. I, I feel it's effective. It's. Well, I feel like they're trying to make a very grounded mm-hmm. story. Like this, you look well at the this trailer. This, this is, is the n- this is the new Fifty Two kind of rebirth storyline with the Joker. We actually had a name, and you and, know. And, well, and it's not. You look at it. If if you didn't know anything about comic books, right? You could watch this and not necessarily think it's a comic book movie. No, I agree. Right? You could just think it's I agree. Like, it's one of those movies. I, th- I I hope. I'm crossing my fingers. And and I was one of the first ones that when they said they were coming out with the Joker movie, I was like I remember that episode. Yeah. Uh, literally both of us you were, were really not okay with Well, it. both of us even said we go, "Why? We don't care about the Joker." Why? I remember that. Why? I, I, I wasn't. And I agreed with you. I, I wasn't. I was on board with it, but I, I you know, but this you know, this trailer though uh, has got me excited for this. And it feels like they're going to do kind of a grounded take on this character now. like a real world but anyway what I was going to say is my hope is that this is going to be one of those movies like say Logan like I, I yeah. really liked Logan Meh. and that's and that's a movie again agree to disagree it's one of those movies that you don't have to know anything about comic books and you can walk into no, Logan and just enjoy it as a good piece of science and fiction. you hear Patrick Stewart cussing and talking about Taco Bell that's right but um, y- you know <laughs> so 
like I said, my hope is that the makeup gets closer. But there is uh, one thing that I hope, like you said, The Hunt. Do you know how I want that movie to end? Do it. I want him to dress up as the Red Hood. I, I would like to see maybe at the end of that where he's at the end of his rope and he, he's going to turn to crime and the guys are like, hey, do you want to make some extra money? Because we're going to, you know, maybe they would do it that way. Interesting. I don't know, buddy. Looking at this trip. So so the dude in The Killing Joke, yeah. which, by the way, if you've never read The oh Killing my Joke, gosh. Jamie, I, I recommend it to you. I'd be happy to loan it to you. It's th- it's like one of those kind of definitive that, Batman It's a staple stories. comic book, yeah. So, in it's an origin story for the Joker. Can, can I? Can so I? Can I talk? You want to? Please. All right. Give us the Wikipedia. Basically, it is a story. Also, the first birthday present I ever got you. Sorry. Hand to God, he bought me a hard copy of of the Killing Joke, and I still have it to this day. It's one of my most treasured items that I have. And but the story is, what happens to a normal man who's had a bad day? That's really what it is, because he can and, – and in this storyline, the Joker kidnaps Commissioner Gordon, and he's, he's torturing him, and he's making him go through this bad day. Now, you can go one of two ways. You can go the one way where Batman had a terrible day, and he decided to do good. Or you can go the Joker route, who's had a terrible day, and go that route and try to get revenge and get even, you know, so – Sounds really good. Which is really, it's a kind of a great philosophical question is that, you know, how do we all deal with, with trauma? But but in that story, the dude who was originally the Joker, and we never find out his name. So we never we never find out his Steve. name. Steve. Um, he was just a normal guy, you know, just some poor schlub. He was a, a struggling uh, stand-up comic. His wife was pregnant. They, the rent was due. I mean, it was, I mean, he just, and they he weren't just, eating. And he just had a bad day. This guy... This guy that we're seeing in the trailer. He's having a rough week. He, it doesn't, I mean, it looks like kind of from the start, he's not playing with a full deck. No, no. You Pardon know, the pun. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did think it was kind of funny that even the kids beat the shit out of him. Y- yeah, he, he's just like, kind he's of got like the sign and the kids steal the sign. And he's like, God damn it. I got to pay for that if you steal it. And he's like chasing after it, And then guys waiting on the ground, the corner comes around the corner. Whack. You know, yeah. and I was like, oh, like everybody's. Made him his punching bag. He is life's punching bag. I, if you had told me a year ago that I would actually be excited for a Joker movie, I would have said that you're crazy. But you know what's funny? We talked about no pun intended. We well, we talk about method actors, mm-hmm. and there are two that anytime, typically anytime a movie with them in it mm-hmm. appears, I have to see it. So, um, one of them, Patton Oswalt. Yes. Oh my God, you're absolutely right. No, no. Um, Oh my God! I, of course, we're talking about him, and I can't think. Tell me something he's been in. Well, the guy's been in everything that he he was in. He was in Lincoln. He was in. Oh, Daniel Day. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Anything that man touches turns to freaking gold, and literally, I think he's won an Oscar for almost every single movie he's ever done. But that's the thing. Just the way his method is, and the other one is Walking Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, the man has played everything. You look at it. He's been Johnny Cash. He's been, you know, the weird person in Girl. He was in, he was, uh, he was in Gladiator. He was, I mean, Signs. oh my God, Signs. You know, like, like stuff like that. You look at it and you're like, damn. And, and the thing that I love is like people, you know, when he went crazy and people were like, oh, he's done. He's washed up. Blah, 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 blah. And I looked at him and I was like, hold on. I even looked at him and I was like, I think there's more to this. I was like, I think there's more to that. And I was right. It was a documentary to see how much bullshit he could get away with. 
That's pretty much what it was. I have to watch that because I've heard about this. This and, is all and, new to me. And I'm excited. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard about this. Where can I check this out? Where Where can I see I'm this? I'm sure you can. It's probably on YouTube. Did he? So did he produce like video content? I, I like think so. Yeah, that's why he like grew out his beard and his long hair, and he was trying to become a rapper. And then he was telling people, and he wanted to see like he I, was like punking all of us. He pretty was like, much, he was boratting us. He that's, was boratting us. Yes, pretty much. He was like, like didn't Andy Kaufman do that? Oh my yeah, God! Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, with uh, uh, the wrestler. Uh, he was well. There was no, that his, his made up character. Yeah. that he would become. Um, what, what did Andy Kaufman? Do? Uh, oh my God! Andy I know Kaufman that he was in Taxi. Lipton. Uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to take your time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, but he had this. That's my only voice. But Thank he you. had this. This. You do a great that's Garth. not true. You do a really good Garth. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Um, hold on. Let me let me find. But while you're looking, yeah. I just saw Glass last night. Oh. My husband was not a fan. Okay. I, I didn't like the first movie. It. You loved it. I love anything M Night Shyamalan does. I think. I've never seen a film like his. Mini movie review. Go. Oh. Well, it's, I mean, there's a lot of spoiling, so I have to really keep it minimal. Sure, sure. But there, this woman is um, a medical, like, I guess kind of like what you do, but she brings the three of them in. The guy from. Wasn't it Sarah Paulson? Yes. That's why my husband didn't like it. She bites her lip all the time. Hey, it's okay. I like her. I do, too. I like her. But it was the guy who had the multiple personalities um, from X-Men. What was his so character? Uh, I don't remember his name, but, but that, the that character Split. from Split. Yes, it was him. And McAvoy. It was the, the, you know, the two characters Glass from the original. Glass and uh, I don't even remember Bruce Shit. Willis's. Well, from the original yeah. movie. Wait, wait. Samuel Jackson's Glass? Yes. Yeah. Oh. So the three of them, they get captured. Unbreakable. Yes, unbreakable. The three of them get captured, and her job is to convince them that they're not superheroes they just all had traumas in their life that produced these alternate personalities and the whole premise is did they or are they so that's all i can say without giving seen it anything i like that seen I, it i like oh, that it's premise so good. seen it it's so good where'd you see it the tick like i told you oh, right? we were we just talking again. about it <laughs> it's the tick so but the guy that you're talking about is tony lift uh, tony lifton Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton. Tony <laughs> Clifton. Tony Robbins. No, you can believe in yourself. Did, whether no. you're, whether you think no. you can, no, or whether you think you can, no, you're right. Did you ever watch any anything with with Tony Clifton? Uh, what is uh? What so is Tony Clifton was the. Why is Tony Clifton? Yes, so Tony Clifton was the alter ego of Andy Kaufman, and. He would, he, he would come on scene and he was like yelling and he was like a shitty lounge singer and he would actually an do it and but he hated he said he hated Andy Kaufman and like he would be on taxi and he actually got drunk and brought in like a bunch of hookers and like they're like Tony we need you ah fuck off like that and he threw like Jack Daniels bottles at like Danny DeVito and shit like lost his mind he's a fucking and, asshole and the whole thing was just a joke between Andy Kaufman and his manager right like they're and, the and only two people that knew and what's even crazier was they were like oh well Andy we know you're you're Tony so you need to stop well one day Tony showed up with Andy and what it was is the manager and him would switch so <laughs> when Andy <laughs> died the manager picked up as Tony Clifton oh and would God. still do shows as That's Tony crazy. Clifton to show that it was wasn't the same guy. Oh my God! Was all of that in Man on the Moon? It was in the end. Yeah, you and saw the the manager that he had yeah. the makeup on. And the other, um, I, it's a documentary, but it's um, Jim Carrey. Oh my God! If you haven't He's seen another it? method actor. Oh my God! So I basically, need, I, need to, I need to see Dude, Man on the Moon. Well, you have to see Man on the Moon, and then you have to watch Jim the Carrey's. What's it called? He did. The, he did. Well, it was Jim Carrey's. 
um, it was Jim and Andy, I think it's called. Something like that. It's, yeah. it's like a, Jim and Andy. Is that a documentary? Yes. yes it's, it's they, you know, they did another one, too, with Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Really? And because of that, because he, he embodies that character. Basically, he Jim Carrey, if you haven't realized, like, watching documentaries. He's freaking crazy. He's kind of a whack. So, but, but, but like, J- but Jim, Curry. Jim says he's like, you know, and I just let Andy take over. Like, it's like, I let the spirit embody him and just do whatever the fuck he wants. He's a, he's a method actor, man. I but, mean, that's what it, that's what it's about. But he would literally oh, be like, on literally. And, and they would need to film Andy Kaufman's no, scenes. No, that's and a Tony Clifton. And Tony blah, 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 blah. for like days, just yeah. getting drunk and smoking. And all, you have to watch wait, both. Wait, wait. This is now Jim Carrey. Yes, yes. As Andy Kaufman. As Andy Kaufman. As Tony Clifton. As Tony Clifton. Yes. Yes. And it was, it, you have to watch. I can't give away anymore. You yeah. You need to, so it's called Jim and Andy. Th- that was a it. real Tropic Thunder moment. Like, yes. I know who I am. I'm the dude that's playing the dude that's dressed up like the other dude. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Wow. All right. Holy so shit. Can, uh, can we talk about, Let, can we please do this? Let's do it, man. So, we got two big, big things for so, movie talk. Uh, so. so, all right. So, we are bringing back one of our favorite things that we got to do, and I'm so happy that you get to be here to watch it. And it is Thank called... You. you Pitch It, We, we Cast, cast it. it. Ha! Yay! <laughs> so, be very careful how you say that, because <laughs> you say it wrong, and it comes like, up... Which one of you guys is the pitcher? Yeah, I'm exa- so yeah, exa- I'm the Heath Ledger, I guess. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Jake, how are you? How you like them apples? I'm a power right. catcher. Okay. Wow. Oh, goodness. All right. So, uh, basically, the, the premise of this is we either like, you know, uh, certain movies, but we wanted different people, so we will recast the movies, or uh, we once did, uh, for example, we did a Justice League movie, okay? And Did you see it when it came out? Which one? It was only in theaters for like, like Justice League, the one we made. No, the one. Oh, we the made. one you guys yeah, yeah. did. No, no, no. Oh, so no, he did it. one from the '80s. I yes. remember it. Though. So he would do all of his '80 yes. characters, and I did the '90s. Yes. So we went into that. So with this recent Fox Marvel merger, we decided what would the new X Men movie look like. So we. So where are we pulling characters from? So well, that's, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. So that's we grab thing. actors and who we want them to play as our X-Men. It's so this is okay. – yeah. but we have our own premises. We have our own oh, – you know, this. what style we want to do, e- everything that we can. It's, so our own little, it's our own little time in the sandbox. We're just kind of, you know, putting the toys where we want them. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You ready? So, yes, so yeah, ready. this is like if we're if – you, you hand us control. Ke- Mr. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, here's, here's – Come on, our, guy. We, we got, got you. We got two dynamite pitches for us. You know? All right. So, you gotta, so you gotta you're the host one. of the show, you, so why don't you go first? Are you sure? Oh, please. But you're the talented sound engineer. No, 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 Girls, no, no. girls, you're both pretty. Stop fighting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, she said we're pretty. All right. All right. Uh, so what's your premise? All right, man. Let's let's do it. So, well, I feel like I gotta unveil my actors first, and then I gotta get to my premise. Okay. Okay. So, I so I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking story, right? But I'm also thinking about the X Men have been in the popular consciousness for several years now. So we gotta do something a little different. We gotta go in a different direction. So, uh, my X Men, uh, you're not gonna find Wolverine. In my X-Men, you're not going to find Cyclops. You're not going to find Jean Grey in my X-Men because those, you know, those characters right now, you're not going to find Professor X right now in, in my X-Men. 
because those, you know, the Patrick Stewart did such a great job. I feel like you need like a couple years of distance before you recast those roles. So I went kind of a different direction. I went for sort of lesser known roster of, of X-Men. And, and if you get this for, with the right director, uh-huh. you could, you know, you know, a really good director can take a character that's maybe lesser known, uh, that's kind of C-list or B-list, and really kind of do what I like to call the Iron Man effect. Okay. Where, you know, okay. Iron Man was not a... He was not a well-known you know, character. He was not really a well... He's not a very popular character. I mean, before the Iron Man movies, Jamie, I mean, did you did you really... Was he a character you were familiar with? Did you know anything about him? No, I knew the actor. Ooh, ooh. You knew the, you knew <laughs> the actor, right? Ooh, I did. I did. Yeah, I mean, you did, but I mean... He was a drunk. He was... A, right, but... <laughs> But would you say he was like in among your like top tier of favorite characters that you cared about? Um, yeah, but that was because he was really into science, and I'm I'm really into science, so that was kind of my All thing. Right. But that's because I'm a nerd. So, so about I, that, what I did was I, I I kind of when you look in my roster, it's going to have a little something old and a little something new. So it's going to have some things that'll be familiar. Uh, I'll I'll tell you right now that in. in uh, in my envisioning of the X-Men team, it's going to have Colossus, and it's going to be the Colossus that's Whoa. in the Deadpool. Oh, yeah, totally. I agree with you. Why, why screw up that? Why screw up that? Deadpool He's perfect. is the one thing perfect. that is, was really, you know, the X-Men movies have been kind of hit, miss, hit, miss. I, Dark Phoenix is still, I am really, I'm going to go ahead uh-uh. and, I'm going to go on record right now, and I'm going to say that uh, Dark Phoenix is going to be somewhere between meh and god-awful. So that's, I th- and that I is my prediction. personally think it is literally going to be in a heavy steady land of meh. Okay. So so uh so with that in mind, the thing that's really been working well with Fox and the the mutants has been Deadpool. So I'm going to preserve that. So I'm going to preserve elements of that. Deadpool's not going to be in my X-Men movie. So now would Colossus is. Would the cinematography look like that? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be the same CGI character uh in in my mind uh, we're carrying Deadpool. Are we talking muted suits? Uh no I I do you know what I mean by that okay uh, I wasn't thinking like the honestly like the yellow and blue spandex no what actually where I was getting inspiration and I hadn't thought so far into the costumes but the inspiration for my team was actually called the Outback X Men Goodbye 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 Shrimp on the Bobby oh. Shrimp on the Bobby I love that that's all we got Catch us a crook That's right. Yes. How, 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 what, a, what a wonderful way just to completely distill an entire <laughs> nation and its people down. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got one more. You, did you That's hear that? not a knife. Did you hear that, Chris? That was the sound of every person in Australia saying, piss off, you cunts. Yeah. Oh, see, now I said it again. <laughs> God damn it. Well, I'm going to have to edit that one. I have to edit that one out. Um, All right, so go ahead. Let me, let me. So the Outback X-Men, this was a period of time around the 80s where you had kind of a lot of odd characters on the, on the team. So there's a mixture of the and so kids, if you want to go ahead, Google Outback X Men. It's not exactly what I uh, who I have on my team. So my first X Men character yeah. that I'm going to announce. Uh, this is going to be so Kitty Pride. Okay, is right. going to be on the team. Okay, Kitty Pride is Shadow going Cat. to be played. Shadow Cat uh, is going to be played by none other than Natalia Dyer. Okay, who you might, you may or may not recognize. Oh. Oh, she's from Stranger Things. From Stranger Things. Love her. Yeah, absolutely. So I think she would make. Uh, See, I love that he did the slideshow, and I literally just took a piece of loose leaf paper, and I actually, uh, so that way you guys know, I actually put what they're they're from right it's, next to it, so it, that way it helps. It's it's all about the presentation, buddy. But um, so then my next, so my next character, I already mentioned uh, Colossus, so right. he's going to be a CGI character voiced by Stefan Kapikik. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but God bless you. Yes. 
uh, the actor who does the, the voice acting for Colossus. Perfect. My next character, Dazzler. Now, Dazzler is... Taylor Swift. A, is a character... She w- no, no, I didn't say you know, and and you know, I thought a lot about this one. She's a cool character, she, though. She she's a cool character, and so my Dazzler, though. So originally, Dazzler, uh, for those not familiar, is an X Men character who she could summon power, like power bolts, energy bolts from sound. Yeah. And so, and she, she's a famous singer. She's a she's a pop star, and so she would she's use a her pop tart her mutant powers to to be sort of like a, a light show. But in the Ultimate Universe, which is a, it's another version of the Marvel Universe, she's not like this pop star, but she's more like this kind of Joan Jett, kind of bad girl, kind of dark black hair kind of thing. So Weird. I'm envisioning for her, and, and you may not, this one you may not know. Let me see. Um, is going to be played by none other than, and I'm stalling because I forgot you her don't name. know. Emma, Emma Mackey. What is she from? Emma Mackey. So... Uh, there's a there's a show. <laughs> it's funny if you uh, y- if you follow the clues in all of my characters, you're gonna know exactly what's on my Netflix. Is she from Stranger <laughs> Things? Because she's not from Stranger Things. Sabrina? No, she's not from Sabrina. Oh, <laughs> Chris knows what's on my Netflix. Is she so from Archie? She is. She's from a show <laughs> called Sex Education. That it's a British comedy that's on Netflix. Sexy. On that show, she plays kind of the bad girl. So it's actually kind of a just quick segue. Sex Education is a funny show on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, it's about a kid who's uh, in high school. His mom's a sex therapist. He's really oddly intuitive, and so he and the bad girl in school go around they and do things, helping kids with their sexual problems. Anyway, uh, when so when She's I popular. when I saw her, when I saw Emma Emma, Mc, Ma, I think it's McKay, maybe McKay. I might be butchering it. Uh, she conveys like she's got already kind of that punk attitude. And she's got just the look that that I would expect for a character like Dazzler. So that's that is who I would cast for Dazzler. Kay. My my next X Men, and really at this point, my team should almost be called X Women because I think I almost I only casted like two two that's men. That's very forward thinking of you, Jared. It is very very forward thinking. Um, do you know who? And I'm going to butcher his name. I can't get it right. Daker Dacker Montgomery. Now you may not know that name, but when I tell you what he was from, Chris, you're gonna know because he was on Stranger Things. He was also oh, yeah. the Red Ranger in the Absolutely. new Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, who is he gonna be? You see Claws, he is not Wolverine. X twenty four. He is James Howlett Junior. Junior. Yeah, all right. So we're not gonna Baby Badger. Baby Wolverine. We're not gonna have a Wolverine in this universe. You got honey badger. In this in this universe, Wolverine has already been killed and this is his son. Uh I That's sad. I don't know and I don't know how Fox is gonna do this, how Disney's gonna do this. When you have a movie like Logan, and again, agree to disagree, that definitively puts a cap, you know, bookends that character's story the way that Logan did. I don't know how you recast the role of Wolverine and bring him back. No, I agree with you. It so I think he's a character that needs to sit up on the shelf for a while. Well, okay, and you'll see. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, he is going to play, yeah, J- James Howlett uh, Jr. Then, all right, so my other male character, if you want to say male, okay, uh, technically man, but uh, lives as a female, this? is the new character oh. that we were talking about with, uh, our, our, with Tana. our last interview with yes with Tana Ford and that is Shade and cool RuPaul and no not RuPaul but another actor from the Sex Education show uh, and you're not going to recognize him but his name is Nakuti Gatwa 
God bless you. Yes, exactly. But he is going to play Shade. Okay. So, you know, we talk All about right. how X-Men and, and, you know, Tana very correctly pointed out that X-Men has been uh, in a lot of ways a cipher, you know, for being, you know, a, 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 a you know, gay, lesbian, queer youth. Uh, so I think it's finally time that we have a character that kind of embodies that. So we're going to have Shade. And I thought that having a character like Shade, who is all about That's cool. theatrics. I like that. Uh, having have sort of a tag team with, with Dazzler. Dazzler. She opens, like, she's she o- the opening Shade, show. Shade is the, is the opening show for Dazzler. That's cool. Okay. So uh, now I've got two more to cast. Storm. So a little more of the familiar, so I know we've we've, okay. we've had Storm. Now is Storm going to be older? She'll be like the teacher, kind no, of the no, leader of the uh, team. No, I thought about that, but I, I I went younger. I went I went younger, and so now I'm Ooh. casting from someone from Sabrina, t- uh, the the uh, Chilling Adventures of Good Sabrina. Good pick, bro. This is uh, Tati Gabrielle. I like that. She plays a character, and I'm and she's going to be Mohawk Storm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and this, and uh, she she plays Prudence. On the show *Chilling Adventures of Sabrina*, okay, uh, she plays just a, a wonderful villain on that show. But she just seems like she's a very talented actress, and she had the right age and the right look. And I think that she could make a really Perfect. good storm. Perfect. Okay. Uh, next up, we got okay. You're you're gonna like this one. So, Rogue. Oh, who'd you pick? Who'd so you pick? Rogue is gonna be played by Sophia Lillis, who you may know from *It*. Oh yes, Beverly. Yes, in, in she's it. the one that looks like Jonathan Brandis. She's the one that in the in the under the right lighting looks like Jonathan Brandis. Who, on a side note, did hit on me while we were on the set of <gasps> Sequest. What? No. Yes. Oh, you mean Jonathan Brandis? Is that what you said? Yeah, but I I thought oh. you meant her. I was like, we wait a minute. Ma- what? We thought maybe Sophia who, Lillis who hit on hit you. Hit on me on the si- the side <laughs> of it. No. Really? Uh, yes. I didn't know who he was. I was at the craft service table because that's where I always Right, am. right. And I was getting food, and he came over and started, like, flirting with me, and I was just like, excuse me? Hey, <laughs> did you he know was. he did a movie with Chuck Norris? Well, Sidekicks. I had known, I would have totally been into Ma'am. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, you would have I have figured it out can I, eventually. Right, can you would have swooned. Hey, can I, can I, can I side, sidebar for a second? Side, sidebar. Did you ever get to meet the dolphin <gasps> from Sequest? No, we we just filmed on a set in Orlando. Darwin. Yeah. I loved Darwin. I was just curious. I, I was an alien. I had a big like latex suit oh, on. Oh, that's and so cool. Everything was taped up in the back. We're gonna have to do like part we of the show to, of that. We need to do a part of show where we do reminiscence of, of that. Of you on Sequest. When were you on Sequest? What uh, in the nineties? Yeah. In the nineties. All right. In my okay. Grade. Yeah. All right. Next he show. Was, he was right. still alive. So next show. Next show. Movie talk. We're doing yes. Sequest memories. Yes. With Jamie Engel. And we're gonna talk about Sounds it. Sounds good. All right. So anyway, keep um, going. All right. And so that's my entire X-Men roster. So now, what is your – the villain. Ooh. The villain of Ooh. this movie. It better be somebody. I, it, uh, it's a villain we have not seen. So, again, putting things up on the shelf. We have seen Apocalypse. Magneto. Oh, God. We've seen so much Magneto. And, again, it's really hard to top Sir Ian McKellen and I Mr. Michael Fassbender. It. I can beat it. All right, all right. Just wait, so just wait. Again, I'm going, I'm going opposite direction in casting. So I'm going okay. with a different villain that we have yet to Mr. see. Mr. Sinister. God damn you. Yeah! Mr. Sinister. With Mr. Luke Evans. Yes, yeah. I agree. He, he's a great villain. So, you know what's kind of weird? As a kid, I remember reading in the comic books, did you know that, like, he helped raise the Summer Boys? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like their babysitter. 
So his whole thing, Mr. Mr. Uh, Sinister's whole raison d'etre, if you will. Oh, my goodness. God bless you. Is it comes <laughs> with a side of fries. <laughs> Indeed. Is he, he likes screwing around with people's genetics. And <laughs> normally, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> so normally, you know, he's really interested in Scott Summers and and Gene Gray. <laughs> Come here, boys. Let me <laughs> screw around with your genetics. <laughs> Let me see some of your genetics. Uh, <laughs> what did you do this summer, Johnny? <laughs> Mr. Sinister's genetics were everywhere. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, All right, so continue. In, instead, so our sort of our, our uh, what do you call it? The uh, MacGuffin. Ooh. The, the MacGuffin of the story, if yeah. you will. Yeah is going to be James Howlett Jr., that he's going in search of his father. Okay. He, he discovers that he's adopted, and he goes and finds the X-Men looking for his father. But hot on his trail, <gasps> Mr. Sinister, because Ooh. Mr. Sinister is also interested in Wolverine and, in, and aware now that Wolverine he is dead. He wants his genetics. He wants his genetics because he wanted a fancy – he will do anything hot. to get his <laughs> genetics. <laughs> this, is, this is getting really he steamy in here. <laughs> he wants his DNA, Chris, is what I'm saying. <laughs> He, he wants, wants lots the big D he wants N-A. lots deoxyribonucleic acid Chris he wants it he wants all of it all of it so okay you're wait get a dirty talk <laughs> God man I gotta, I he's gotta, gonna do some I've splicing. got the vapors goodness he's gonna, he's gonna do splicing Ooh. he might even he might even get into some recombinant DNA oh that's, my goodness that's how kinky things are gonna get One goodness hot summer. all right that's a Wednesday in my house all right Woo. so so there oh, is gonna be it's there, Wednesday there's gonna be cellular mitosis there's gonna be meiosis in the living room wait I have a question there's gonna be mitosis in the kitchen I mean you just hide the kids because we're going <laughs> we are going we're going full frontal chemistry in my movie cloning sheep in in the kitchen we are just going. It just, just what's absolutely. The, uh, what's the rating going to be? It, uh, we're, it's not. Gonna, it's going to be NC seventeen. There baby. is no rating. Ooh. There is no rating. It's because we're just going full frontal so, science so in I have my a, movie. So I have a question. Yes. So he's your villain. Yeah. Who's going to be the leader of the X Men? You know, uh, I had actually I wanted to have a female leader of the personally. The X-Men. I know who I'd pick out of yours, but go ahead. I want to hear. Well, who I, you would I was going to have Kitty Pride be the leader, but who? I, are, who I are would say have? Rogue. Either either one because of both of them being. Uh, just with her, with Rogue being so young. Okay, uh, so you went younger with Rogue. You Kitty, went. Are you yeah. going with like because first X Men movie Rogue? You know. Kinda, well, the actress herself is seventeen, and okay. the, uh, the actress who's playing. Uh, uh, Shadowcat. Sorry, Kitty sorry, Pride. I don't mean it. No, no, that's that's all right, man. Um, and is, she's actually in her twenties. Later on in the comic books, Kitty Pride becomes like the headmaster N- of Natalia. the school, and so that's kind of how I envisioned it. Like it's at the Charles Xavier School. Maybe Charles is it rebuilt? Char- Charles Xavier has died. Maybe he's moved on, but his his legacy has has carry on. And now maybe the headmaster there is Kitty Pride and Colossus, and they kind of run the school. They're they're a couple. In the comic book, so I thought we'll make them a couple in the movie, and they they run the they run the school. So okay, that's that's I'm sort cool of with my that. premise. That's that's my X Men. I like movie. it. I would buy a ticket in advance. I'd go see it. All right, sweet. So now that we've kind of saved the best for let's last, do, do ah, damn you! So hold on, I want to I want to start it out. Um, Is there DNA in yours? There there might be. Hold on, because is it spliced? So my uh. My my X Men movie, I decided that I wanted to do the X Men of my childhood. So, hold on one second. Shut the. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait for it. Not not there. Previously on X Men. 
I wanted the Jim Lee 90s X-Men. I wanted the bright color flashes, and I'm gonna set the premise in the 1990s, of course, so that way they all kind of stand out. Okay. I did a full X-Men roster and a full Brotherhood roster. Oh, so this movie will be like Avengers. I feel like we need to give like our audience a pee break. Yeah, you're probably gonna need. <laughs> so, all right. So hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna key that down. All right. We need so some, we need some intermission music while while people now, empty their bladders. Because, like I said, the '90s X-Men for me, I was so excited as a kid. Right. Um, but I went with older X-Men. I went with X-Men who were not teenagers. I went mid-20s to 30s. I want X-Men who are able to handle a team by themselves, defend, and, you know, don't have to deal with that teenage angst. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Per se. Mind you. Right. Per se. So, where do you want me to start? Do you want me to start with the Brotherhood? Do you want to hear the villains first? Because basically what it is, is Magneto has decided that... Um, he no longer – it's basically going to be a human eradication. C can you tell me who's playing Magneto so I can already start Do you, do you want me it? to start there? Yeah. Would you start there? Yes, please. Mr. Daniel Craig. Oh, okay. Oh, and this is the other thing, too. Every person that I have picked in this list is not contractually uh, obligated to DC or Marvel, so they are available at this time. Man, he thought of everything. Yeah, he studied. Like, I took, I, took, I took my time. So, so wait. Um, are we just again? I'm trying to like paint the yes. the, the, the mental picture here. So are we doing like Magneto, like full regalia? Oh yeah, like like pink I'm and talking, purple. I'm talking. I'm talking like, like but, red and purple. But I want just a little bit muted. A little muted. Um, but I want like the big metal purple like chest plate that he had, and you know the purple and you know magenta helmet. I mean, I mean full on '80s X-Men. Full regalia. Now, now here's the thing for uh, certain. People, if they're normally in spandex, I would rather go with a leather. Okay. I, I find that would be a little – it looks better on, on camera because spandex is weird. Eh, I'm not going to lie. It, it looks odd. Um, or even going like a like a, a latex suit, kind of what like they did for Cavill for Superman. Uh, all right. Okay? Okay. All right. So, um, so I've decided that now Mystique, of course, I want to make her a little bit older. Um, I want her older than some of the X-Men because she is the mother of some of the X-Men. Right, right, Kay? exactly. So, for Mystique... Spoiler alert. I have chosen Miss Angela Bassett. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Right? Okay, all right, yeah. I can yeah. see that, that, you know, that, that sultry attitude, you know, she can be strong, she can be sexy, she, she can handle all of that. Matronly. Yes, mm -hmm. very much so. And it would be, you know, her trying to get her, her children back. Um, one of my favorite Brotherhood mutants uh, is Pyro. I thought Pyro was, like, the coolest thing ever. So I chose uh, Joe Keery. He is from Stranger Things. He's the babysitter yeah, I love from uh, Stranger Things. Perfect. The babysitter. The, the babysitter. one with the hair. He's, you know. Yeah, it was the girl you picked's boyfriend yeah. at first. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I love that so, we both went Stranger Things. But think okay. about, like, he's got that, that cocky really? attitude where, you know, and he, he's able to. Oh, he's the dude that, that's always got moose in yes, his hair. And gels exactly. His, and he teaches Dustin how to, yes. how to do his hair. Oh, yes. nice, nice. Pretty okay. boy. Yes. Okay. So I thought it was very, very set. Um, I actually picked um, 
a well i'll do this one so of course one of my one of the one of the best x-men villains that we need they've they've tried multiple times but they they kind of failed with it i want sabertooth in my movie all right but when i say sabertooth like i want the the brown suit and the fur like i want him to look well, like a sabertooth and i chose tom hopper now tom hopper's from the umbrella academy he plays luther um he is i I think he's like six foot six, six foot seven, and he's, he's a good two fifty, two sixty. He is a big dude, and um, so you'll actually see him in. Uh, go ahead and look at. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of him now. Yeah, if you. Yeah, I bet you are. Um, <laughs> but you see him with the suit, and he is just a look at right there. He's a massive dude. Look at him with that regular person. Look at that. With that regular person. Look at that. Look at him with that com. Look at him with that commoner, with that peasant. <laughs> with that regular person at a con. But he's a big dude. He's a big dude. And he's got the range where he can play that angry person. Um, so I decided, like I said, I, I wanted to do the, uh, you know, the X-Men that we all love from the 90s. So I want the blob in my movie. So Nothing moves the blob. Right. Well, unfortunately... My blob. Hey, make sure I'm in the picture. CGI. There we go. Oh, you gotta look and smile. Um, so make sh- so mine. No, I I didn't. I went no with fat suit. I went with the biggest man I could think of. Okay. So I went more muscular than fat. Okay. I went with uh, half poor Bjornsson. Uh, God the mountain. You. The mountain. Oh. Uh- he can't even speak English. What, are you going to, like, dub we'll his voice? F- we'll figure it out. But I don't think the blob really needs <laughs> we'll to talk. We'll figure it out along the way. Basically, think about it. Well, they didn't have... That might even be better if he doesn't but talk, But they actually. didn't have really the 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 chick in Deadpool. They didn't have her really talk that either. The big powerful one. Yeah. So yeah, we could kind of do the same thing. So I wanted... I I'm wanted sorry, man. I take that back. You didn't... You were... You, told, you listened to mine and... You, no, you no, no, no. It's okay. You weren't shitting in my It's okay. I'm, I'm okay sorry. with it. it I'm absolutely okay with it. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. I wanted to do Toad. I thought Toad was a, a cool little character that we can have, and I went with Alfie Allen from Game of Thrones. Alfie Allen. He. Do you ever see Allen. John Wick? He's the one who killed the dog. Oh, oh. Everybody he can play. Hates everybody hates him. That dude can't catch a break. He's like the guy who played Walter Peck in yes. Ghostbusters. Yes. He will forever be branded like a dickhead. Right. Exactly. And so I wanted like this Toad that Magneto is going to beat around, and he's like, clean my, you know, clean the floors. And that's Toad, and that's what I want. That poor guy, like, and his only crime is being a good actor. <laughs> so, um, I, I love it. By the way, that's great. I want Magneto to have at least one of his children. Obviously, we can't do Scarlet Witch right now. Right. Um, but I decided let's bring our own Quicksilver. All right. Um, I I could have brought in the Quicksilver from the X Men First Class movies, yeah. which which I love. Right, right, right. But I looked at somebody and I said, you know what? I think he would do a lot better job. And you don't have to look him up. You already know who he is. I went with Andrew Garfield. I adore him. Spider-Man fan. Yeah. But he's yeah, got that yeah, yeah, thin yeah. build of a runner. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, you do the, right. the little bangs and stuff like that. All right. And, sure. you know, I can see it. I yeah. can totally see and it. And you have Magneto trying to control him and be like, hey, look. You and know. let him do, you know what? Let him do his British accent. Yeah. Because Daniel Craig's British. So right. There you go. It would fit very, very well. All right. Um, so I chose... Uh, again, okay, I'm trying to like imagine the costume here. So for Quicksilver, are you envisioning like the the blue with the white boots? And oh, the with the lightning bolts, dude. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Oh yeah. Like I said, when I say like '90s Jim Lee, that's yeah. exactly what I'm going Got for. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. I wanted another odd 
X-Men, you know, Brotherhood character, mm -hmm. I went with Multiple Man. Jamie Madrox, all so right. I thought it was a cool, have you ever heard of Multiple Man? No. He literally can morph into multiple people at a single time and just, like, beat the hell out of somebody with eight people standing around him. Nice. But he's also, he's, he's kind of a smart ass. Yeah. He's always got kind of that tongue-in-cheek kind of a thing. So you know who I wanted instead? I looked at it, and I was like, okay, I, I want this guy, and this is who it's going to be. Uh, I want Seth MacFarlane. I think Seth MacFarlane oh my God. would be able to you know, have that where he's kind of that smart he's ass. Smart ass. Yeah. And I have actually – and what's funny is I took every single member of this and I, I made sure that they paired with at least one of the X-Men so that way we can have those fights that we all want to see. Okay. The ones where we've taken our kids with our action figures and we were just smacking them together because right. we wanted to see these fights. Right, right, right. Um, I liked Emma Frost. I thought – but finding somebody to fill the role – was actually actually one of the most difficult people. Um, I found her and Jean Grey were probably my two that was the hardest that I could f I, and Professor X because mm -hmm. Professor X is so uh, iconic. So for Emma Frost, uh, I went with an actress who's got great range. She's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I went with Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. She, yep. Yep. But yep. she's got that ability. To control people and control men. Bewitch, and bewitches yes. the the mind. Exactly. exactly. See, I exactly. can't even talk. I'm thinking about her, and I can't even. I can't even. Exactly. And you know what's sidebar? Do you know who she's married to? Mm -mm. Have you ever seen Super Troopers? Mm -hmm. The snozberries taste like snozberries. That's her husband. I was like, man, he must be hilarious. You That's why she married you him. You have told me that, and every time you tell me that, I am just thinking in my mind, you get just all right. Oh my god. So. So wait, she's a, she's Emma Frost. She is Emma Frost. Perfect. Okay, and then I went with another. She's great on Mad Men. Right. I went with an another character, uh, kind of known but not really known. I went with Avalanche. Um, okay. I wanted. He, he's part of the Brotherhood. Right. right. He's okay. part of the Brotherhood. I went with Avalanche, and I chose. Oh, I'm sorry. What, one last thing. Your um, your uh, Emma Frost in yes. your movie. Is yes. She. Which side is she on? She part she's of the Brotherhood. This is still the Brotherhood. Bro oh, we're still doing the. Brotherhood. Oh, I haven't even oh, done the X Men. Oh, oh yet. sorry, dude. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, like I said, Go this ahead. is this is gonna be a little bit. Um, so I went with Avalanche, and I chose somebody who did a great job on the CW. Mm -hmm. Um, he's I don't think he's really there. If he does, it's it's very very rare. Mm -hmm. Um, I went with Colton Haynes. Um, he plays Arsenal in Arrow. Um, he's he's got that look of the the bad boy kind of the uh the the soul you know where he's like uh yeah okay. i'll do things my my own way you know everything like that so with that in mind now i've, I've is that is that your brother that is my brotherhood damn yeah they I, better have a big clubhouse so i have 10 on each side so damn um it's like a wedding party it really right? is it really is all right are you with the x-men or are you with the brother so where do you want me to start right with the x-men where do you want me to start? Um, well, I, I kind of want to. X. Yeah, I was going to say the tippy top. Okay, so that was like I said, it was one of the hardest ones for me to come come up with and decide. And the first, and it was really stupid. But first, I said, okay, I need somebody who can convey power, but also caring, loving, and won't look terrible bald. All right, damn it, Chris, I'll do it. Yay! I'll do, your, I'll do your movie. He'll do the picture, Chris. He'll do it. Uh, I'll All right. do it. I, I actually picked somebody. Who's got a little bit more experience? My dressing room. I just need a brandy glass, okay. half full with green M and M's. I knew it. Um, if the green M and M's are expired, I send them back. Okay. Um, do you know why they did? Do you know why like artists would do that? Because yeah. of Ozzy Osbourne. No. So, well, kind of. They would do that 
they would put the weird stuff in the riders like that, so that way they could show if they were paying attention or not. So that's I why they would do I shit like that. So, that. Professor X, I went with somebody who we, at first, only saw him in, like, rom-coms, and the, but we finally figured out that this guy's kind of a badass, and he'll okay. kill you. I went with Mr. Colin Firth. Ooh. I, and I also feel that he, the fight between Colin Firth and Daniel Craig Very would nice. be a fantastic thing. Now, Spider-Gen actually picked another one who I looked at and was like, oh, you know what? He would be fantastic, too. And uh, she actually wanted Ray Fiennes. Oh, yeah. But I uh, said to her, I yeah, was like, yeah. wait, was you Voldemort. mean. He was Voldemort. Right, but I was so like, you know he can rock a bald cap. Right. Yeah, yeah, but he's already like been the. Well, the thing is that I laugh at is Daniel Craig is Bond and Ray oh, Fiennes yeah. is M. Right. So I'm like, oh, okay, great. So yeah. we're still going to have that. Perfect. All right. Um, I decided that I wanted Cyclops. I wanted the leader of the X-Men. Kay. Now. I want '90s, like I said, the the blue and the and the and the yellow blue, and blue jumper. But I went with somebody. Um, his brother is is very famous, um, and like I told you, I wanted a little bit older. So I chose for Cyclops. Now, now Cyclops is kind of a complicated character. He's always trying to do the right thing, and but he's he's de- trying to deal with his relationship, trying to deal with all that kind of stuff. So I chose Liam Hemsworth as Cyclops. Oh, yes. Um. All right. You got the ladies right there. See, like yeah. you just you put a Hemsworth in the movie. Right. And that and that's it. I don't even it. care what we're watching anymore. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> So but across from him But then when you have that kind of moment where Cyclops meets Thor, are they going to do like just that brief kind of like look at each other? Look at each other? Maybe. Like Maybe. I've so had the time of my life. <laughs> but speaking of that, so I did let's talk about his love interest of yes, course is Yes. Jean Grey. Jean Grey. I, she was very hard to cast, but I needed somebody who can convey power, somebody who can also do uh, complex emotional, you know, situations, scenarios, you know, and, and scenes. Okay, Chris, I'll do your movie. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Chris Hemsworth's love interest. See? Perfect. Perfect. I, uh, again, I chose somebody with a little bit more experience. There's nothing against you. She's got Sequest C- cred. I, I know, I know, but... Um, what do you I, know? Well, I think you guys are going to like who I chose. So for, right. for Jean Grey, and like I said, who will be next to Liam Hemsworth, I chose Amelia Clark. Uh, I know the name, but I don't know the face. Game of Thrones. Okay, She's Daenerys Targaryen. Dragons. Yep. She was also Sarah Connor. So she, but I think she can portray that role very, very well. Um, So, all right. She can do do serious also. You know, she's really very goofy in real life. Oh, yeah. So let's do the opposite. So remember, with that relationship, there is kind of a love triangle. So, of course, let's, let's have Mr. Howlett himself. So I decided I wanted a Wolverine. My Wolverine is going to wear a mask. My Wolverine is, is going to... Um, like Jack Nicholson is the wolf. Remember that? Yes, film? yes. But my my like I said, my my Wolverine is going to wear a mask. He's going to be that rough and tumble guy with a cigar in his mouth, doing all that. And I chose somebody. Um, he's kind of a fan favorite. He's somebody that everybody loves. Uh, I chose Scott Eastwood, so Clint Eastwood's son. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, c- I could see he that. He looks like you know, like a Wolverine. I, I he, he could do that. well. He just bulks up a little bit more, and he, he'd be perfect. But but. Uh, fun fact. Uh, uh, no, fun fact withdrawn. Continue. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I wanted uh, Storm. Yes. Um, 
my storm, is like she I gonna said. going to say things like in the cartoon, like, power of lightning strike. Well, but mine is going to have a full head of hair. She's going to have the full white hair. Not the Halle Berry little, like, pixie cut. Like, right. I'm talking, like, the longer hair with the black, you know, the, the black crown that she has. Right. And um, you can tell what's been on my Netflix. Uh, <laughs> I, I chose uh, Emmy Raver Lampman. Oh. Uh, she's in Umbrella Academy. She, oh, okay. And she is – she's phenomenal. She is phenomenal. And I think she could give it that um, that spark, if you will. And uh, <laughs> she – yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. See what I, I mean? I could, see, I could see it. I, I just – I looked at that. I Although like, with the pictures I'm looking at, I could she could actually easily rock the mohawk thing. But all right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I just – I like the classic storm, so that's sure, why I chose sure. to do that. Sure, sure. No, no. Um, so, of course – Besides Professor X, uh, we need a little bit of intelligence. So I have chose, of course, the uh, Blue Monster himself. I wanted Beast, but S- CGI. Uh, yeah, I I would like to have CGI because I I would like that, and I I kind of want the jokes of you know his fur getting in the couch and stuff like that. So. Okay, all right. Um, but I chose uh, David Harbor, David Hel- Hellboy. Harb- oh, the new Hellboy. Oh, perfect. I think I think he could he can play that role. And his voice, he's got that that deep voice, mm-hmm. and yeah, it'll it'll be gravelly enough to where, um, I I also said like DC wise, if they ever do a, a Justice League Dark, that he should play uh, Etrigan, um, because he he's got that that ability. Um, so now another love interest that I did was of course Rogan Gambit. Right. right um, right. Gambit, I, I cheated. Uh, I decided that I wanted to choose somebody who's already been decided to be Gambit. So my gambit is Channing Tatum. Oh, Jamie, you, you totally want to be on this X Men team. See this movie now. <laughs> <Yeah>. twice. <laughs> so, but you totally want to be yeah. on this. Now, wait till you get to the oil wrestling scene. That right. He has in <laughs> planning this movie. Um, I love it. So I decided that for Rogue, I want that Southern Belle, but she can fly. She's got the super strength. She's mm-hmm. got all of the powers. She's strong, she's sassy, but she'll she'll beat the ever-loving snot out of you. Right. And, and somebody who's sarcastic, I love that idea. So I chose uh, Laura Prepon. Um, she played oh, Donna yeah, yeah, yeah. Donna in that 70s oh, show. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. And I think she could handle that and just knock it out of the park and, and even put Channing Tatum in his place, I think, because she, could, sure. she could probably still do that. Right, right, right. Um, so speaking of which, like I told you guys, I wanted like the younger or the older X-Men. Well – I have the baby of the group. So, of course, I wanted Jubilee. I, I thought that, you know, the idea, yeah, her mutant powers are worthless, but we can at least try. Maybe, They're, maybe. well, they don't have to be. Maybe, I mean, you're the director, man. Maybe you could tweak them a little. Maybe you know, make them a little better. Make them a little better. So I went with somebody that even the younger kids would be like, oh, I want to go and see this because of, and I saw this person, and I looked, and I was like, damn, she's Jubilee, like in a heartbeat. And I went with Selena Gomez. But but I could see her like on her phone, you know, and they're like, "Get off your phone," you know, and and just doing all That's that. That's a good one. So, and the last one that I I chose for the X Men, um, he in the '90s cartoon, he was only in about three episodes, and I'm talking about Wolverine's best friend. And who is that, Jay? Wolverine's best friend. Who's one of his best friends on the X Men team? The ability to turn into anyone. Morph? Yes. Oh, you can have. Oh, you can have morph on your team. All right. So I needed somebody on the other side who would fight multiple man and who could be just as sarcastic and, um, but still wanting to play jokes and pranks on people and and do all of that. So, uh, with last person to do, uh, my morph, I chose Johnny Knoxville. Uh, all right, agreed. 
So agreed. Uh, yeah. So basically, if you you ha- have like a bajillion dollars, you're gonna yeah. be able to make this movie. <laughs> well, at this point, with the way that you know Marvel is just kind of printing money with the su- their successes, oh, yeah. I mean, they do have a bajillion dollars. So you know, you never know. So, Mr. Feige, uh, if you are listening, uh, our uh, our ideas are up for bid. So uh, please feel free to contact us at. Uh, Justice Nerds PC at gmail.com. Or, you know, message us on Facebook, send us a like on the on the tweets. And SoundCloud and or saying you know. on the SoundClouds, send us an Instagram. Alright, so we gotta ask, now that we did that, did you create I one? Just wrote a quick one. <gasps> I wanted to play oh! two. Alright, so it's go ahead. very quick. So, um, because Fox is now involved, right? Right. Uh, I thought we'll do the Simpsons. <gasps> oh. The X-Men, The Simpsons. So Professor X obviously is Homer. He's already bald. <laughs> okay. Deadpool <laughs> would be Bart. Okay. Oh, okay. Lisa would be Rogue. And okay. Okay. Marge would be Storm because she already has the has hair. Has the hair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But if you do that Storm, I literally want to see, like, the old school, like, TV antenna kind of sticking yes. out the end of that. <laughs> so it's like a lightning rod. You can totally direct. Yay. <laughs> um, Colossus would be Abu. <laughs> Look and at Mr. Me. Burns metal, no. is Magneto. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I talked over it. Wha- it's okay. Mr. Burns is Magneto. Yes. So the story yes. is Ned Flanders, possessed by Krusty the Clown, in cahoots with Mr. Burns, who has kidnapped Chief, Chief Wiggins. Now the X-Men are on the I'm chase in danger. to save the day. Uh, <laughs> I'm down. I love it. I'm, I'm down. Take my money. <laughs> but there's only one issue. Um, there's a lot of issues. Which, <laughs> one, which one are you talking which about? Which specific one? <laughs> Simpsons is owned by Universal. Well, I just looked it up and it said it was. No, they're owned by Fox. Then why are they at Universal? That's a good question. They, they may have licensing thing, but they're, they're a Fox property. Maybe so it could have changed. The interweb isn't always well right. No, it's on Fox TV and he's right. But think about it. Yeah, uh, no, I know. There's a Simpsons right at Universal. There's a whole Simpsons well, land, th- my th- friend. Th- 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 I was th- just there. Th- th- I got drunk th- at most. Think of it this way. Uh, there's a Spider-Man ride and a Marvel superheroes world also but at Universal. Yeah, but that contract's ended. They're tearing that down. And it's actually going to become, from what I hear, Nintendo World. So that would be kind of an interesting thing for us to, to research. But Matt. gang, uh, June Squad, listening to this, what do you think? Do you have a different idea? Who's of do you, you love? Th- yeah, who's do you love? Or do you have your own spin on it? Do you have your own... Do you have your own X-Men uh, cast that you would have? Uh, let us know. Send us at uh, justusnerdspc uh, at gmail.com. Okay. One last thing just to close out movie talk. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to okay. make this one pretty fast. So <laughs> it's a short thing. So this is something new we're adding to movie talk. We're going to do – it's going to be called Table Read. Where That's where one of us will bring in a script from a, d- uh, a scene from a television show or a movie or something that we like. Commercial. And, uh, and we're all going to do uh, – we're going to do a table read of it. That's what they call it in the biz, right? Am I, am I correct? Right. Right, Sequest girl? That's correct. Yeah. Oh, M- Mistress Sequest. Mistress Sequest. Ooh. Or the White Robin. The yeah! White Robin. <laughs> white Robin. <laughs> Careful, White Robin. Um, all right, so would uh, – Ms. Engel, well would you would you please introduce uh, the I piece that we're about to, to do? Uh, I purchased the script for the first round of The Hunger Games. So this is not the movie version completely. This is the first draft of the script. Oh, okay. So we are on the train. The reaping has already occurred. And they are about to meet – PETA and Katniss are about to meet Haymitch. And we will begin 
Hamish. I mean Hamish. <laughs> 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 All right, so in the ro- in the role of Hamish. In the role of Hamish. Yeah. So how are you? Now here's the thing: we're gonna decide. Yeah. Which voice do we want him to do? I, I think I think we should. I I had it in mind what I was gonna do. What do you, what do you want? Well, to do? you know what? Actually, Jamie's the director, so she should. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like this. She should pick. Whoa. Well, I don't know your voices well enough. You know what? Do the one that you, you were talking about. You do wanted to do Woody Harrelson. I want to try to do my best Woody oh, Harrelson. Okay. Okay. That's perfect. Ready? Right. Act high. All right. <laughs> I'll miss supper. Tense silence. He takes a seat, sets his drink down, unfolds his napkin, reflexively reaching for a bottle of white gin. But Peter, just as reflexively, grabs Hamish's hand. It shocks the hell out of everyone, mostly Peter himself. Sir, I think we'd both prefer it if you didn't have any more to drink. You're supposed to be advising us. Here's some advice. Don't die. (laughs) That's very funny. He throws Hamish's glass to the floor, shattering it. Only not to us. Hamish considers that for a moment, impressed, then slugs Peter in the jaw, knocking him from his chair. Hamish reaches for the bottle, just as Katniss stabs at his hand with her knife, barely missing flesh. The knife digs itself into the table. Silence. Everyone awaiting an explosion from Hamish until... Well, we actually get a pair of fighters this year. Katniss and Peter weren't expecting that. Hamish eyes them. Can you hit anything with that knife beside the table? Katniss yanks the knife from the table and throws it at the far wall. It sticks between two piano stands. Hamish rises, circles his two triplets, studying them. I'll make a deal with you two. You don't interfere with my drinking, and I'll stay sober enough to help you. Is that fair? They nod. You'll have to do exactly as I say about everything. Effie puts some ice in a napkin, hands it to Peter for the bruise reddening his jaw. No, let it bruise. People will think you've been mixing it up with the other tributes before you're even in the arena. Peter sets it down. When we get to the capital, you'll be put in the hands of the stylists who prepare you for your presentation. Their work is vital. Right. Because it's a beauty contest. Yes, it is. And the people who figure that out tend to be the ones who survive. Are you through now? That shut Katniss up. Hamish looks like he had. The best-looking tributes get the most sponsors. And sponsors are my only means of helping you once you're in the arena. Understood? Which is when Katniss sees something out the window. A landmark. Recognizable to us. Chicago, or what used to be Chicago. Across Lake Michigan, we see the skeleton of a city, decayed, lifeless, an empty ghost town. Hamish approaches the wall, eyes the knife Katniss threw. Is this where you were aiming? More or less. Good. Eight. And scene. Scene. Yeah! like to offer special thanks to <laughs> Miss Jamie Engel for yes. locating said script. Amazing. Oh, fantastic. So can we yeah, can we try to make this uh make this happen when we do movie yeah, talk th- every once we, in a while? We I think try it's, to do it's this a every lot couple of fun. months. All right. Excellent. Um super 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 fast toy box. Yes. Just get those wonderful toys. Let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. 
You have a vomiting action figure. I I do I do. We have uh, what appears to be a. Uh, I'm still in Woody Harrelson mode. Uh, <laughs> I would like to say though, your Woody Harrelson's pretty damn. Yeah, good. you did very well by the oh, way. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Uh, we we have what what appears to be ah oh, all over the desk. Uh, we appear to have to be a uh, if Godzilla you're spew, who has. Can you spew in this? <laughs> Girth, I promise you a no spewing. If you blow chunks and she sticks around, she's definitely yours. They want you. <laughs> they always want you. Where? I'm low on gas and you need a jacket. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're tired. We got, we got, yeah, we're a little punchy. So, uh, real quick, we got us here a toy. For a real quick toy review, so this is the NECA oh. Godzilla 1962 version from the classic, one of my personal favorites, King Kong versus Godzilla. Godzilla! Uh, so, you know what's funny about this? Um, somebody was, was trying to say that it's a fair fight between Godzilla and, and King Kong. And because of the height and stuff like that. But somebody actually did, like, you know, the height math uh-huh. and everything. And it basically showed... King Kong in a Bjorn as Godzilla's, like, holding him, because that's basically the size comparison. Yeah. I mean, forget about the part that you have one of the combatants can literally breathe fire. Is that? It's not even fire. It's, like, nuclear... Atomic just yeah, blast. Atomic blast. So, here, check this out. First of all, you gotta First love off, NECA, the packaging. Well, you know what we say about NECA. NECA is... It's the poor man's hot toys. It Literally, for the price that you get... You get so much detail. I love this. So they actually took the movie poster, the Japanese movie poster, mind yeah. you, from the 60s, and that's what they, they papered it in. And I love, by the way, that even, like, Dynamo Action, like, you know, on the back is actually in, in kanji. Yeah, yeah, so. no, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, now, you know, I of course, you know, it's a big thing. Look at the inside. It's oh, actually oh yeah, you've got Mount Fuji on the inside. I, I'm actually going to try to produce some content, additional content, like a video review to kind of supplement this mm. because podcast really doesn't do it quite, you know, doesn't do it justice. But you want to, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, about, I know, give me. So, you know, I, I start the show always, I say, you know, it is I, ah, Jay, bah, 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 master bah, of all things nerdy, bah, which is really kind of an ironic title because I don't know, you know, obviously everything about everything that is nerdy. However, I will go out on a limb and say that I am a Godzilla subject matter oh, expert. Absolutely. Hey, which which actor was this? You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I am I am a studying to be a subject matter expert in the field of Godzilla. But what I meant to say is that uh, a true Godzilla fan, one who is obsessed with the character yes. as I have been for years, you know the suits. Like, to someone that is, you know, that sort of the, the uninitiated, as it were. A Godzilla is a Godzilla is a Godzilla. Right, right. But I can immediately look at this. It is instantly recognizable to me what movie it is from by virtue of the features. You've got the uh, elongated, thicker tail. You've got the dorsal, the center row of dorsal fins being much far higher than the, the rest. Previously, uh, Godzilla in the earlier movies, the dorsal fins had been equal length, and they made that uh, the side sets of dor- dorsal fin shorter and shorter and shorter, and then at the high series... And then they series, actually got rid of them. Then, then, then for a time, they got rid of them, and then in the high series, series, then they became more prominent again. So uh, it has just been... Bites. It is a, a... It's Godzilla, man. You don't don't fuck around with them. I mean, he's, a, he's the king of the monsters, even if he's a toy. He so, sleeps in water. So uh, this is a very... I mean, feel the heft on this. I mean, no, you could you could... You know, I mean, I can injure somebody. You could injure someone with with this. 
Uh, you know, it is a it's a solid it's toy. That's what I look for in a toy, by the way. Er, er, right? Yeah. You injure somebody. You want to be able to. You think about how could I cause bodily damage <laughs> with this? What could I do? You know what I love, by the way. Uh, I, I've positioned him enough to where you're like, hey Godzilla, we're gonna throw you a birthday party, and he's like, oh my god! Yay! Well, again, Chris, su- Godzilla subject matter expert. So this was uh, Godzilla first started out. Believe it or not, uh, the, the original movie was meant to be sort of a a metaphor for, for the Americans for, wasn't it? for well for post post Japan post World War II uh Japan and sort of the horrors that followed with that. So uh it was very it was treated more kind of seriously. King Kong versus Godzilla was the point at which they were starting to regard the movies a little more tongue in cheek. So at this point what is a Godzilla <laughs> you have Godzilla doing kind of silly like wrestler moves and there's moments in the movie like he shoots fire at King Kong, King Kong uh, retreats and then King Kong and then Godzilla's doing things like he's doing his arms like this, kind of bobbing his head like in celebration. So this is where the movies were starting to take more of a silly role. So actually, Chris, yeah, the the fact that his arms can go out to the side, yeah, like I that, love that, kind of imitating that. Uh, he comes with one accessory. Um, interestingly, uh, it's uh, so it's this fireball, the the uh, so the atomic breath that comes out of his mouth. My one complaint of it is that the the prop that I got with mine. Uh, it's a it's a little warped, so it. May, may I interject? Button? Yes. So this, right here, mm-hmm. was the fantastic. Uh, You're gonna try to say the actor. Name. Yes. Yeah, uh, there was actually two actors. You're gonna say the name. Yeah, it was uh, Katsumi uh, Tezuki or Tezuka. Katsumi Tezuka. And then there was um, Hirayo Nakajima. Okay. So there was that. Two actors. So take that. So fun fact about the King Kong versus Godzilla movie. Women love Godzilla. So they, they do. So um, first of all, the suit weighed a couple hundred pounds. Oh, yeah, because this was like all rubber, right? It was, it was all hot rubber. I mean, you don't know how many actors died portraying Godzilla. Godzilla. Okay, you had to really just like – it was just ridiculous. And like if, if they had to shoot a scene where they were in the water – and like you had to have Godzilla rising out of the water, like they had to get to the actor in time, or he would like literally would drown, drown yeah. in the suit. But there is a moment if you ever if you ever happen to be in the mood for a little uh, you know fine Godzilla uh, cinema, Jamie, I highly recommend King Kong versus Godzilla because there's the epic moment during the fight. Yes, where the actor first of all remember the actor who he himself is wearing a heavy suit. The actor who was playing King Kong. See if you can find that guy's name. Uh, Godzilla's running at at King Kong, and the actor, no joke, picks up Godzilla, suit and all, flips him into the air, and does a body slam, WWE style. That is an incredible athletic feat. Yes. He was on wires. It did. The wires helped a little. Okay. It helped a little. I'm I'm just saying. Uh, what you, you don't, don't see. Don't look at your phone when you say that. Like you know an authority that it says he used wires. You don't know that, buddy. You can watch it. And how else are they going to get him in the air? That because the dude was. You we'll look it up later. It was anyway. Godzilla. Anyway, um, this was this was an immediate buy for me when I saw it. It's available for sale now in Big Bad Toy Store. You can probably find it also in Target. You can probably find it at your local comic shop. If you are a uh, for the. A completist Godzilla fan, you have to own this because this is this is part of of history. Uh, I, it's got several points of articulation in the, the the jaw, the head, neck, upper torso. You've got bicep swivels. You've got uh, hand hinges and finger hinges. By the way, uh, King Kong was played by uh, 
Shiochi Hiroshi. Okay, thank you. Stomo arigato. So you've got several points of articulation. It is so cool. Like, you look into his eyes, and he's got, like, the bright yellow eyes. I love this. And and if you watch the movie, Chris, if you just, you know, uh, pull up just a clip of King Kong versus Godzilla, you will see this is is a really faithful recreation of uh, of that. Do you know what? (laughs) So what's, what's funny about it? Do you know what it actually reminds me of besides this movie? No. What? It re- reminds me of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's oh, yeah, yeah, basically yeah, 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 yeah. the same suit that ends up in Santa's No, no uh, doubt. Or, or uh, One Crazy Summer. Did yes. you ever see One, one yes. Crazy Summer? You never saw? Oh, classic oh, movie. Um, Who hasn't? So, so anyway, yeah, I, I, I think this is a phenomenal toy if you're and a Godzilla I, fan. You I'm sorry if I missed it. it. Um, what was the price on this guy? Uh, price point on him, uh, is, I think it's like $24. So not, not a lot. I mean, it's, And it's that's not a collector's item. That, that's not like a regular figure. Uh, one thing, if, if you don't know, kind of a sidebar, it's one of my favorite things in the world. This man still owns the first ever Godzilla toy that he was ever presented as a child. Oh, absolutely. Like, totally. But it's still in fantastic condition. He was very good with his toys. Like, oh, yeah. All of mine were rusted, mm-hmm. like left outside, carried in the dirt. Yeah. Not not this guy. He still had boxes. You have to hold the toy gently. Caress the toy. Caress the toy. Gross. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, um, now with that in the movie, was it was it the atomic blast? Was it white? It was it was, blue? It, it was. If you watch the movie, it, it was, was sort of a, a lighter. It was sort of a lighter blue in the movie. So, so I feel like are you thinking about painting it? Um. You know, I I don't possess the skill to do like that. Like do the light it, frost. It's, it's not so much of a, of a deal breaker for me. I'm probably gonna get like a heating gun or just soak it in some hot water just so that I can straighten it out a bit so it doesn't look like he's vomiting all over yeah. Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fun though. It's gonna be a little fun. Oh you know, no, Godzilla! He vomit on Tokyo. Yeah, Let's go, Godzilla! Godzilla <laughs> like you know ties one on and you know just have it <laughs> over and just. It's like radiation, you know. Oh, sorry, King Kong, come over. We drink her too much. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's the NECA 1962 Godzilla figure. I'll see if I can get some pictures or a video or a little some extra content up on our uh, Facebook page. Awesome. All right, man. Well, whew, that was a, that was a marathon. Yeah, right? we got to get out of this cave, bro. We we got to get out of the cave, buddy. So uh, start pulling levers. Start uh, do do your thing, man. You know, start smashing shit. Whatever you got to do. All right, to hold get on a second. One one eyed Willie's lair. Let me see what we can do. All hold right. on, hold on. And what is this? And try to hit and uh, there we go. Wait. Oh, oh it's booty traps. Oh great! Now we're trapped here forever. No, 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 no. Hold on. Wait. You know how to play the piano? Does that help? Uh, wait. No. And. Hey! I did it! All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Justice Nerds Podcast with Jay, with Chris, and with the ever-present, ever-talented Jamie Engel. We will talk to you later. Hey, you!